Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is proudly brought to you by More Beer at www.morebeer.com. I poured it in my mouth and it just wasn't going down. My first beer was an IPA, the best IPA I've ever drank. Mostly because I brewed it. If you have a scale that is good for measuring cocaine, you're probably good for measuring hops on cocaine. You're scaring me. <laughs> I think the information is awesome and the audio sucks. Take some sugary water, throw some yeast in there. And you're going to drink good beer. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. good. It's fine. Studios in Northern California. This is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is the session. It's been a couple weeks since we've been in the studio, gone to NHC, Philadelphia, did a little traveling other than that, and I'll tell you that uh, since NHC, it's taken all the way up until this very day to get my voice back. <laughs> it's been fucked since uh, NHC, and it, there it was messed up from, from day one, pretty much right after the BN anniversary party. Stayed that way till today. Was it screaming all those lyrics from the stage? Was that what did it? It was screaming. It was uh, staying up light. It was talking loud at the NHC. We'll talk about that when we do a recap. That as the conference gets bigger and the conference halls get bigger. And, and more cavernous. Yeah. Yeah. And the hours that I spend in them get longer. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, just trying to talk to people. Drinking had nothing to do with it. No, that had nothing. Nothing at all to do with it. We got a great show back for you, though. We got lots to talk about and lots to do. For one, it is the finale show of the second Brewcaster Challenge between oh, yeah. Tasty oh, and done, Nate. Done. I'm, done. All, I'm all nervous. Yeah. Only if we had an applause uh, sound effect to play. Yeah. That would really drive that point home. It really would have worked, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's the second Brewcaster Challenge. As you know, the first one was between JP and myself. JP taking the victory and the points on that one. Today, That's right. Uh, Tasty and Nathan uh, with the Whitbeer Challenge. 
We both found out how much a six-pack of uh, Hogarden and Shock Top costs. <laughs> I know Blue Moon, maybe. Oh, I, I skipped the Hogarden. I went right to the Shock Top. I'm, I'm, I'm going for that. We, uh, we blended them I together. I that, babe. Is that your clone, Tasty? It's pretty orangey. Right. Okay. <laughs> you got to aim high. How are you guys feeling uh, about the competition today? Anybody uh, Anybody worried? Oh, anybody I'm confident? Set. Nate's confident. Oh, oh, yeah. It's a beer. It's clean. It's. I mean, what the hell? Okay. So, Nothing to be embarrassed about. That's all that matters. Okay, good yep. stuff. Well, you're you're sure to learn something during this show because we'll <laughs> talk to the guys about the process after, oh. not until after we've decided who the victor is. And so we'll get to that a little bit later in the program. Uh, before we do, we've got Ninkasi winner, uh, our 2013 National Homebrew Competition Ninkasi winner, David Barber from Oryxburg, Pennsylvania, joining us on the program today. We'll talk to him in just about 20 minutes, too. Uh, as we always like to do, bring in the champions from nhc and uh nate you made an interesting point about this year's ninkasi winner at uh before the show yep uh, he didn't have any meads or ciders that placed in the first round i don't know if you entered any but that's been one of the first times i've that i've known in the last five years that there wasn't somebody who won ninkasi who didn't have something in that realm yeah good call uh hey scott can you uh, screen that for me uh it's a good point because a lot of times, especially the guys who are really gunning for Ninkasi, uh, right. one of the sure ways to do it is to throw something in cider and mead. As many categories as possible. Yeah. And those because they tend to be a little underrepresented. Sure. So if you make something good, clean, you have a good shot. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. But this year, you know, it's also a, a boost because it's, what, 12 entries? You're limited to 12 entries a person, 15. Right? 15? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So uh, That changed things a lot because for uh, sure. the guys that were getting six and seven medals in the second round had advanced, you know, 20 beers. Right. 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 Obviously, you can't advance 20 if you only have 15 entries. Well, if my notes are correct, and we'll talk about this with David, but he advanced uh, just four beers. That's a good percentage. However, he meddled with three of them. And so I think an argument could be made that he absolutely deserves to win Ninkasi. Oh, for sure. <laughs> when you get, you know, when three out of your no. four beers, especially, you know, with the with the argument that, that comes up that it's a numbers game, and, and in some ways it is, uh, it kind of defies that a little bit when three out of your four beers, two of them winning gold. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think that's something to be proud of. He had German Weizen that plays first in the first and second round. Really? That's, that's got to be killer beer. So we'll ask him about it. For sure. That's a hard style, dude. Yeah. To get all those subtle flavors uh, just balanced right. It's crazy. Pretty cool. Craziness. All right, so we'll talk to David in just a few minutes. Uh, gosh, with all of our big events out of the way for some time, our announcements list is short, which I like. Yeah. Dr. Homebrew Show is now on iTunes, and uh, now that our events have gone away, and I also know that my web dude is very close to finishing our site, uh, Dr. Homebrew is soon to have a home uh, on the homepage so that you can download it there, but uh, we're still working on it. In the meantime, it's very easy to get over in iTunes. Just search Dr. Homebrew, or you can punch in the URL, which is thebrewingnetwork.com slash drhomebrew.xml, and uh, there'll be new shows posting this week, as a matter of fact. Uh, so JP's new show, and, and I got nothing but good feedback uh, at the NHC, just like I've told you, good. JP. Uh, I still have not heard a negative comments about Dr. Homebrew. I'm searching high and low. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm really just uh, repurposing old Bruce Strong episodes. Not about the show, only about you. It's right. a difference. Yeah. Everyone's quite happy with it. So go check it out. Uh, you can support the Brewing Network by shopping on Amazon like you normally do, except this time click the Amazon link right on our homepage. It's a big Amazon image right smack in the middle of our homepage. You click that, it takes you over to Amazon. You do all your shopping as normal. You can even save that in your bookmarks. And a lot of you people do that, and we appreciate it very much. It's a great and easy way to support the BN without spending any more of your cash than you were planning to anyway. 
normally, you can watch all this live, and especially our, our events, like the National Homebrew Conference Award Ceremony, uh, over on justin.tv slash brewing network. However, uh, as our palate got screwed up, our palette of, of gear and uh, merchandise didn't <laughs> barely made it to Philadelphia in yeah. time for NHC to start. It also has not made it home in time for the show tonight. So uh, <laughs> thank God for Guitar Center's 30-day return policy <laughs> because I had to go buy a bunch of gear to do today's program oh, that's, wow. that's on that fucking palette. Oh, wow. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> I'll bring it back when the palette arrives. But I did not go buy new webcams, and, and those are also on our palette full of gear. You know, uh, another... I try to support this shitty little town that we live in, <laughs> no. known as Martina. You know, because I'm... Well, let's face it. I'm a, glutton, a good guy. A glutton for punishment. <laughs> And so, you know, there's a there's a, a shipping center right here in our building, and he says, no, no, this kind of thing's my forte. I, I can do your freight for you. It's no big deal. Uh, I, I had him ship it out early, as a matter of fact, because I, I wanted to make sure it was there on Monday. We didn't actually need it till Wednesday. <laughs> I get to Philadelphia, and uh, Wednesday comes around, and no, and no pallet. No. So, missing gear for the party. The BNA8 party. And then uh, Thursday comes around. We're supposed to set up our booth uh, for the uh, expo, the Homebrew Expo Center at the conference. No gear. Nothing. Got the whole crew standing there all hung over from the party at 8 a.m. And uh, nothing. Nothing to do. And so anyhow, he fucked it up. And so I, I but I got to use the same company to get it back because it's all sort of done and arranged for. And sure enough, no pallet. Nothing. Nothing today. Hey, did you track it? Nah. <laughs> really? Because when it went out there and it didn't arrive, it didn't give you the clue that you should probably track it on its way back? <laughs> I don't know. I don't get the logic of this town, this shitty little dried up shithole of a town. <laughs> well, I don't know if you knew this or not, uh, Justin, but Main Street Martinez was voted uh, to get a repainting by Benjamin Moore paint. So clearly there is some sort of social media presence in Martinez right. that desires other people to come here and experience what I've experienced. Just how low on the totem pole of cities it actually is. <laughs> come here, but listen. Save your money. It's going to get repainted and Brad Pitt is going to do voiceover work <laughs> for the commercial Great. Main Street Matters uh, Benjamin Moore, Martinez, California. But it's all, Wonderful. It's all brick. Yeah. They could paint it brick color? Yeah. They're just going to repaint brick colors. Yeah. Why not? Great. I think the numbers on the curb. I'm telling you, I, I want to love this town so much. I, I do. I think all the little local businesses survive on eBay. They really get that impression. Yeah, they do. You know, the Starbucks is all right. They never screw up my order. But, <laughs> other than that. I think they're terrible. Well, Subway does. Subway does, and the other sandwich shop does. I don't know. F this town. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so the point is, you can't watch today's show live on justin.tv slash brewing network. Right. But most other days, you can. Uh, also, subscribe and join the BN Army by clicking the donate button on the homepage. And if you're a, a recurring donor, uh, you're also entered to win uh, in the More Beer monthly donation giveaway. And that gives you a chance to win 100 bucks to More Beer, our official sponsor of this and every session that we do. We love those guys. Go check them out at morebeer.com. Get all these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, send show ideas over to Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. I'm sorry, can you repeat that one more time? No, come on. We're, no, Get over it. No, where do show ideas go? Get over it. Uh, all right, so 
Let's do a little NHC recap real quick, and then we'll get into our Twitter game, and then we've got some Moonlight Mead tasting to do in just a couple of minutes here. But uh, I just wanted to thank everybody who uh, was involved in the Brewing Network anniversary party. Our staff here did a great job getting it together. Northern Brewer and Midwest Supply staff did a great job of getting it together. And I think we threw the best party we've ever thrown out at World Cafe Live there for BNA 8. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was pretty great, right? Yeah, yeah. Best sound ever. Yeah, by far. I mean, it was a a world-class music venue. Oh, yeah. Um, It was loud, but it was proud. There was... I kept discovering new floors. It's like, whoa, there's yeah. more stairs? There's like Go down there. four levels yeah. of, of fun. Now, there, it, it got off to a little bit of a rocky start because when everybody poured in, uh, getting kind of navigating the floors and getting to the beer, it got a little crazy. And I did hear some grumbling, but it went away after about 15 minutes and everyone seemed to find that there were beers on all levels and you could move around and you might have had to wait a little bit for a beer, but it really wasn't too bad. And I think once everybody settled in and settled down, man, it was just, what a great venue and a, and a good party so i didn't get to try too many of the beers but i did see the list of course beforehand and have heard nothing but good things about the beer selection did you guys enjoy the beer we had on oh it was great i, th- I really like the victory brownmeister pills oh yeah that was excellent i did have that and that was very nice you know all the breweries out there were real cool to us because we went to them and we said um you know we just we don't we know that you're local but we don't want the stuff that's on tap all over the place right we do want local representation because we're coming to philly yeah but you know come on some of these people are also from philly and we'd like to give them a treat and you know what every single one of them did that for us they gave us some some of their rare stuff so that was very cool uh enjoyed the beer uh our next guest who's coming on moonlight I think stole the show. Oh, that's, I got stuck in their booth. <laughs> yeah, with, oh, yeah, with that braggot. Oh, oh, I was just. Wow. I couldn't leave the place, and I was just. It was just awesome. It was like a six-year-old Russian Imperial Stout-based braggot that just did not have one thing wrong with it. And I tasted enough to really check if there was anything wrong with it. it that, that kind Several of thing times. needs multiple checks. Yeah, it really does. I thought maybe well, it's been on tap for a while. Maybe there's something wrong with it now. Right, and I went back. Again and again. <laughs> Your pal is lying. You've got to test that. Uh, just a great uh, wow, great stuff from, from Moonlight and everybody else. And then, of course, the the final act, uh, the kids from School of Rock. Those kids were insane. I wish that we had a real video camera and a plug to the, to the soundboard. I, didn't rea- I knew they were going to be good, but I didn't realize quite how good they were going to be, or I might have arranged for that. He's four, aged 14 to 18 years old, and every one of them a virtuoso. But not just that. Not just how well they played their instruments. Each one of them had, like, swagger and style stage and presence. stage presence. And, you know, like, they just really owned it. Mm-hmm. Kind of blew me away. So I'm thinking they should be our house band for every BNA party we do. <laughs> just fly them out. Well, they have, like, it's in, the the School of Rock is a real thing. If you saw the Jack Black movie, it's based on that. And there are these kids, and there's, like, 20... They're throughout 20 cities around the U.S., oh. so it's not just located in Philly, I found yeah. out. So I don't know. We, You'd think that there's, you know, they're at least in the vicinity of our next couple of uh, BNAs. I mean, our next one's in, in Michigan, so... Detroit's close. I gotta see. see, maybe if there's one in Detroit... Detroit Rock City, man, there's got to be. There's got to be, right? <laughs> then we can get the kids to play again, because... Uh, I mean, it was just great. I was pretty much done working by then. I went and stood in the crowd and just sang along with those crazy fuckers. They were so good. Yeah. I don't think I could learn a full song at that age, barely. If I could make it through, I was happy. Those kids are ruling it. They were playing multiple instruments. I'm standing oh, yeah. at, I had looked away for a second. I was talking to a listener or something, and 
I hear this Foo Fighter song, and it's and it's being done like the Foo Fighters. I think it was the Pretender, mm-hmm. and it sounds like the goddamn Foo Fighters. And I look up, and it's this tall, skinny, lanky, zit-faced kid <laughs> jumping around and singing Foo Fighters like he's Dave Grohl. <laughs> and then on the next song, he moves over to the bass, and then on the next song, he moves over to lead guitar, and he rocks every single one of them. And I'm just going, you are going to get laid kid a lot eventually a lot, eventually but a lot when you do um so they just were awesome that was i have to admit uh, just a huge highlight for me and i was proud to have them at our eighth anniversary party i don't know how we're going to top it in nine we might just have to skip year nine till everybody forgets about year eight <laughs> really you know? no it's got to be topped uh, i'm gonna do it at a strip club then a, a michigan strip club <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. What about you guys? Any highlights from the week from the National Homebrews Conference itself? I really enjoyed uh, the after hours. I always enjoy hanging out with people after the you know after we can actually get out of the booth and and do our own thing, kind of hang out in the city. The city was amazing. It was a perfect location. Philly's great. Yeah, good yeah. beer town. Excellent beer town. Excellent beer town. Went to McGillan's a couple times. Had, oh yeah, had probably the best Berliner Weiss I've had oh, on, yeah. on, on that coast from Round it, Boys Brewing. I guess was, it was. That was an awesome. It was amazing. Advice. Okay. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Actually, just just hanging out with uh, with listeners and and getting away from the hotel and experiencing the city because we never really yeah. get to do that. Yeah. You know, so it's it, yeah. it was nice. The hotel was actually in walking distance of things to do. Oh yeah, so, you only had to go a block or two. Yeah, it was know? great. It's really cool. Yeah, I only made it to Monks on the day before, and then I was pretty much stuck in the hotel. But yeah, Monks Cafe was awesome. Walking in order at Cantillon. Who would have thought? Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Which I didn't do like an idiot because I, <laughs> I, I went in and uh, I, I was meeting a bunch of people and I just didn't think about it. And before I knew it, it was time to go. So I didn't even get to Cantillon. They had a one bottle per table at yeah. a time policy. Sure. I got two bottles. You know, that's not too bad of a policy, really. No. If, one, oh. what, if it's one at a time, it's not even like they're limiting you to one. You finish right. it, you order another one. Exactly. So that's not too bad. Uh, anybody else uh, from the conference uh, the week? Any talks? Any? Uh... I didn't go to a lot of talks this time, but John Mallett did a really good one about malt from uh, Bell's. Oh, yeah. And uh, he had one graph in there that I think I want to ask him permission to steal or find out where he had the source of it. It really showed the alpha versus beta amylase in like one slide, one graphic. Nice. He just talked all about malt and how it kind of doesn't get the respect that it does compared to things like hops. It's not like a popular subject to talk about in depth, but it was a really good, really good talk. We're going to get him on the program. I talked to him on one of the evenings that I was there, the first one, I think, and he was uh, very interested in doing the show, and I think he travels out here some, so we're going to try to get him in the studio for yeah, it. I he sent was, the info to Moscow today. He was entertaining. It'd be cool. I, yeah, think. I think he'd be a great uh, a great guest. He also seems like a lot of fun, so, I mean, we could do the phone interview and get a lot of great information out of him, but if we get him in here, I God, think we'll also get him drunk and have some fun. Yeah, it'd be even better. Yeah. And some sex. <laughs> then we'll have some sex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, what about you, Justin? What was your favorite experience of BNA eight, or I mean, excuse me, NHC? Uh, well, I, I definitely, like I said, the kids at BNA eight were were probably my favorite part of the week. Uh, yeah. You know, my best experience at at the conference itself was the yeah. sheer number of of new people and new listeners that I was able to meet. Uh, in fact, when we were doing some of the live broadcasts from the um, expo, which will be posted for you guys this week, we did uh, two Brew Strongs and a Can You Brew It live from NHC. Uh, Jamil would ask, how many people are new? And literally, like 99% of the people had never been to a conference before. And I think that's the nature of it being on the East Coast for the first right. time in a very long time. Uh, in fact, I think the last time it was there 
was like our first year of broadcasting. Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. So I think that was like that was oh six or oh five. And I think I remember we had just started because John Plisse went to it, but I couldn't because I was broke. Uh, but we've been to everyone since, and so the just getting you know out there to the East Coast just brought out new people in droves. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there were points like at Pro Night that I could not walk from one booth to the next without meeting a listener and hanging out with them a little bit and shaking hands. And that was fun. That was pretty cool to to see that many. And yeah. and once again, the trend of younger brewers yes. getting involved is is still true. And um, lots of ladies. Yes. There were more ladies than what? ever. What? The whole demographic is wider and younger, I think, than it was. Whiter? Wider, not whiter. They are That's where fat. it was. Yeah. Did you call them fat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wider's not a good... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, now it's running the gamut. I'm not saying it was all young people there, but the trend of seeing uh, new and young brewers and, uh, you know, a lot of people I met just saying, I've only been brewing for a year. Yeah. I, I met a lot of people like that. I've been brewing yeah. for a year, maybe two years. Which is kind of a new trend because before it used to be, I mean, we it's not that we didn't meet new brewers, but it was a lot of, hey, I've been brewing for years and your show still teaches me stuff. So those were always nice to hear. But now we're getting, man, I've been brewing for a year and I, my accelerated learning it has just, it's just immense. There's just so much info out there. And I went, you know, most of them are like, yeah, I did two batches of extract and now I'm on my fifth back batch of all grain. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of them have brewed more than me and they've been brewing for a year, you know, <laughs> and uh that was really fun. It was just a lot of really nice people and, you know, only like one or two creeps. And they were only creeps because they were hammered. Yeah. Oh, man. You always get the couple of hammered guys. Here's what happens to me every time. Hey, Justin. There's always one hammered guy who likes to come up to you like he doesn't know who I am or what the Brewing Network is or anything. Oh, you mean the really funny people that do that? <laughs> Which yeah. is fine by me when, it, when they actually mean that. I don't expect that everyone knows who the hell we are. I never expect that. So when somebody comes up all drunk and is like, what do you do? And what's the welcome people are talking? Bleh. And they do that. <laughs> I'm always like, yeah, cool. Uh, you know, my name's Justin and we, we do this thing called the Brewing Network. And I tell them about it. And then within a sentence or two, they're like, yeah, fuck that JP guy. Remember that show when you were an asshole? And then I'm like. Why did we just go through this whole thing where, you know... Because it's funny to make you do things they want you to do. he's too cool to and be then, aware. And then, you know, a lot of people want to take their pictures with us, with all of us, and, and that's always really nice and and flattering, by the way. Yeah. And I don't... We don't solicit that. We don't walk around going, hey, why don't you take I happen to have a camera in my pocket if you need one. But inevitably, <laughs> every year at some point in the week, some really funny guy uh, <laughs> comes up and goes, hey, um, you know, can I have a picture? And it's happened a hundred times by now. So I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they hand me the camera and have me take a picture like of them and, and their friend. Right. Which I would be happy to do. <laughs> And like any normal person would, if they genuinely just needed somebody to take a picture of them and their friend. Yeah. But they're just being like the funny dick guy. Yeah, they're super funny. And every time I just smile and I go, you know, <laughs> cool. And in my head, I'm just going, you know, if I didn't care so much about PR, I'd have probably broken your camera and told you to fuck off. <laughs> because why? Like I'm asking for this. Like I'm walking around going, take my picture. Why you got to be a dick? I've, people have done that to me, and I, I flip the camera around and pretend I don't know how to work it and take a couple photos of my face, and nice. I go, here, I don't understand. And I give it back to them, and it makes me laugh. Good. Yeah. I'm just going to take uh, a picture of the, like, the next, whoever's walking by me at the time, I'm going to take a picture of their dick and give them the camera back. <laughs> Nate, Tasty, that ever happened to you? 
No. I haven't had that one yet. No, I, I mean, they, they, they don't target us. No. They target no. me, and uh, probably because they know they'll take, because I'm, I'm not going to yell at anybody. I don't give a shit. And every year, and it, but it's it, the look on their face, it's always the most original joke they've ever come up with. Oh, I almost hate to shatter their fun. You know, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you have no idea how many times that's happened to me, buddy. Well, I think... You're st- you still haven't created an original joke. No, of course not. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it's just weird. I think JP needs to start giving out 8x10 glossies. <laughs> I think it's already, already signed. Oh, that'd be amazing. Just walk, just hand them out to random people uh, on the street. No, right. Take, do you, do you I, want this? Can you I go. get a picture with you? Just like a really pro headshot kind yeah. of glossy. <laughs> that one. Yeah. I had, I had some dude follow me around being A8. Yeah? Yeah, some drunk guy following me around just yelling at me. Like, <laughs> like yelling insults or what? No, just like, JP! JP! Especially when I'm on stage. JP! Hey, the thing, look at this, look at me right now. It's like, oh, leave me alone, dude. I mean, it was, yeah, it's cool and I appreciate it, but, you know. Come on. I, I met nothing but awesome people the whole time. Yeah. I didn't meet one asshole. No. Except when I talked to myself in the mirror. Well, and, and a lot of listeners will contact us by email or they want to chat on Facebook or whatever, but it's great in that kind of context. So they'll come up with a beer and they want to discuss it there. It's a much easier to troubleshoot right. some idea that yeah. they're talking about when I have the recipe or a glass of the beer or whatnot. So and that's that so part, cool. That part I love, especially during club night, you know, because you're really able to do that. And in fact, some listeners are, they're so shy about it and you know, they, they want you to taste it and you, you start to talk and they'll, they'll go, I, I don't want to take up your time. It's okay. I don't want to take up your time. And all I can think is, oh, I'm here to hang out with you, man. This exactly. is what I'm, just like yeah. you're here to try other people's beer. That's, uh, you're not taking my time, you know? And so it's, they're always very nice like that, but that is, that's the coolest part. You get to talk beer, try their beer. Uh, that's so wonderful. I had, uh, you know, everybody knows I really, I really like sour beer, um, and so many people are brewing them now that at club night for like the first hour, and I already had like a little heartburn issue going on, <laughs> and for like the first hour, everybody came up. He's like, "I want you to try the sour beer. I want you to try," and and I did want to try them, and I also wanted to be polite. I didn't want to say, "I, you know, I don't want to try your beer." But I'm telling you, if I like the fifth one, I've. I couldn't even take a sip without it wanting to come back up. I mean, like a tiny sip. I'm, just, I'm hunting everywhere for a jar of fucking Tums so that I can keep trying people's sour beers. It just was gnarly for a little while. You didn't find me. No, You're- I didn't. Doc, I'm surprised anybody found you during, <laughs> during club night. They just had to look down for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's really nice, and it's great to see. And by the way. I think every single sour beer I had was a great beer. I think uh, you're right. More and more people are brewing them, but the important part is they're brewing them on purpose. Yeah. They're not accidental sour right. beers anymore that they're yeah. trying to pass off. They kind of understand that's not going to fly anymore. Right. Uh, and so they're turning out some really angry Megan's sour beer at the BNA or at the BN booth. Yeah. It was amazing. Wow. Well, I shouldn't say amazing. It was really good. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I had hers. I think judge sours in the second round. Very high quality. I've never judged second round sours before, but there were many 40 plus point beers, even ones that wow. didn't end up finally placing. Really high quality like stuff that people are doing now. That's great. Yeah. Far less oxidation than ever before. Right. Um, far less, like you said, JP. You know that they're they're deliberate now, so far less off flavors. A lot of Brett beers that you could really taste some high quality Brett character from, and not a bunch of off uh, yeah. flavors mixed in. And so, in fact, I would say, you know, whereas a lot of the I kind of went around, you know, I always like to try pale ales and, and pilsners and stuff like that too. I wouldn't say it was the best year for for some great pale ales and pilsners um that it was probably on par you know with other years but for sours definitely the best year i've ever seen where there were that many and that many good ones so that's good to see yeah for sure 
the, 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 unless you're my heartburn. Yeah. The worst one I had was a guy came up to me and asked me to, here, I want you to try this. His name was Tom Perkins. Yes. Uh, and as you're saying, all great sours. Yeah. And this was, the only reason it was the worst one I had was because all I could tell him was it just needed more. More of everything in it. You could taste it was there. It just didn't have an oomph. There's nothing else wrong with it. There's no oxidation. Right. And that's all the feedback I could give him. So there's not, you know, it, barely it, anything wrong with it. It, it, was, it was still great. Yeah. But the nose was awesome. Okay. It just, it, you know, they, they didn't back it up with, with the flavor profile. Right. But it, there was nothing else wrong with it. It was just, it was just, it just didn't have enough whatever in it yeah and that, that i couldn't even tell him how to fix that <laughs> give it more time probably yes yeah. give it more time but it, it, it was still an awesome beer yeah and i think that was on par with almost all of it, it you know it, which makes it a little difficult because sometimes people really are looking for feedback and i'm going look i am not qualified to give you any more feedback than i have those are the things i notice and that's that bring it over to taste or somebody i don't know bring it to nate because uh, a lot of times you know i'm going to me, it's just great. Yeah. I don't know what else to say to you. Everything's great right now. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, all right. We got to get to our, our next segment, but I another great National Homebrewers Conference and more people there than ever. They It will be a larger conference next year, so more opportunity to get tickets. It's back. Uh, it's over in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and yeah, I yeah. highly encourage any of you who didn't go this year or even those of you that did, Go again next year. It's never we've never come back, and you can listen to all the shows we've ever done after NAC. We never come back and gone. Well, fuck, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> you know, uh, so always a good time. All right, it's time to talk to our uh, good friend Michael Fairbrother over at uh, Moonlight Meadery. Of course, he's a great sponsor of ours. He was a great, great sponsor of the Brewing Network Eight Anniversary Party, where he brought in some uh, amazing stuff for us to try. And he's back once again tonight. Uh, JP, what are we trying with Michael tonight? Tonight is the Wild, which is a honey blueberry melomel. There we go. Hey, Michael, you with us? Hey, guys, how you doing? We're doing great. Thanks for being on the program again. Yeah, thanks. Nice seeing you a couple weeks ago. It was very nice to see you out there, and um, I don't know if you heard any of the first part of the show, but we were already raving uh, about what you brought to BNA eight, um, and, and in fact, you're you know mostly your your braggart, which uh, as you know, we weren't the only ones raving about it. That 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 beer didn't even make it that far, did it? No, we went through over fifteen thousand samples in the uh, the course of the weekend. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I think you got a lot of fans now that weren't fans before. Right, and we've had, had probably six straight days of uh, being an army people driving up from Philly this last week, um, just coming up to uh, hang out at the meadery and try and enjoy. Awesome. Well, tell us about the braggart real quick, just for the folks that weren't there, so we could, they can just get an idea of how special it really was. Yeah, sure. That was a Russian Imperial Stout that I made back uh, six years ago with about it was a twenty gallon batch. Had 60 pounds of honey added to it in um, secondary, and then uh, we blended it with some orange blossom mead to uh, dry it out a little bit to make it a little more palatable for uh, your party. Got it. Well, it, it was definitely palatable. I know that it was strong, but it didn't taste that way, which was part of why we all just kept going back for it. Uh, yeah, it was pushing about 19%. <laughs> 
Wow. And you Damn. never, I'm telling you, honestly, no. folks, you, you never would have guessed it. I mean, it was just such a smooth tasting. I've had, you know, plain Russian Imperial Stouts that are 9% that tasted hotter and more difficult yes. to yeah. get down than this. Absolutely. You know, and at one point, Michael, I, and I wanted to hang out with you a little bit and try more because it was the best thing pouring in the room, but I knew I still had to perform and do giveaways later at night. I had to drag myself away from your table uh, or I was going to be done for. <laughs> you know. No worries. We had a blast. I mean, my whole team, uh, we brought down most of my uh, production and sales staff with us, and we had a great time. Good. I'm glad. Thanks again for being a part of it. Uh, I don't feel like it would have been the same party without you. Yeah, we're actually working on uh, Brewing Network uh, Braggot for uh, next year, which will be uh, Sour. Oh, amazing. Wow. Imagine he tops it. If he tops, if he can top <laughs> BNA8, then the pressure's really on us to top BNA8. Right? Let's, no, no. Let's put it all on Michael. On Michael, yeah. yeah. The rest of the party will suck. Just go hang out with Michael. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about Wild, which is the uh, uh, mead uh, melomel that you, you sent us today. And if you don't mind, because I, I just always forget these things, what is the definition of a melomel to begin with? Yeah, so it's a mead made with fruit. So this is made with uh, wild New Hampshire blueberries, which are low bush, so very small, tiny berries. Okay. And so you're going to get a little more tannin from the skin of the berry versus uh, the yeah. big fruit uh, blueberries you buy in a grocery store. So I'm glad you brought that up because we were tasting this a little, and Nate brought up the tannin. Yeah, that was one of the things you could perceive right away in the aroma, in a very positive way, not in a negative tannin-like way in beer, but in a, a wine-like, mead-like, a really excellent... You could like the skin of the fruit was very prominent from the aroma itself. That's something you're going for. Yes, got it. So there was about four pounds of blueberries per gallon. So this is uh, two thousand pounds of uh, blueberries in a five hundred gallon batch. Wow! And do you just throw them in as is? So you know, skins and all. Yeah, we freeze them. So we get um, you know the blueberries around this time of year and throw them into chest freezers, and then uh, we'll uh, thaw them out and throw them into a, a batch. Got it. Now I'm always curious when you when you throw something like blueberries in whole like that, which clearly have kind of a skin around them. What do they look like when they're done? Do they disintegrate <laughs> in there and actually just you know become pulp? No, it's it's a mess. It's a uh, it's basically probably uh, 2,200, 2,500 pounds of uh, blueberries that you have to muck out that are just mm. steeped in uh, alcohol, and we bring them down to a pig farm, and I'm sure the pigs have quite the time with it the next day. Right. I bet they do. And then they have a party <laughs> after that. <laughs> Bunch of passed out pigs. Lots of little piglets. Some pigs getting yeah. laid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty strong. There might be a lot of limp pigs walking around after that, you know. A little bit of whiskey pig. Whiskey. <laughs> At, you know. A little piggy that can. <laughs> now, what is the percentage on this? This one's 14-2. Okay. Uh, I was thinking that uh, it would be even lower than that because even though we always comment about the, the strength of your meats but how easy they are to drink, this one you taste even less. There's even less heat. Uh, in fact, the kind of the body of it is, is very wine-like, and I'm just not getting – I'm getting barely any alcohol. Yeah, I like this one with the grilled steak tips. The uh, char from the grill really hooks up with the honey notes in the mead and really just kind of works across the uh, spectrum. Got it. So when do the blueberries go in? Uh, primary. So right right from the start? Yes. Nice. And do they Our stay? The tradition of making meat is to only add fruit in the, the first part of the phase. And uh, how long does this mead 
take to go to maturity? Uh, this one's about a year old. Do they stay on the fruit that whole time? Uh, three months. Just three months. Then you rack it off and then it hangs out. Right. Okay. And all of the tannin flavor is not from any wood or anything else. It's just from those wood. from the fruit. That's correct. Nice work on that. Yeah, because it has an aroma almost like oak. But then you taste and there's obviously there's no no oak in the meat. Yeah. yeah it's it, very it, it smells, interesting complexity. It smells like a wine in almost every way. But it's not. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically. This is one of the, the uh, drier ones we make. We've got one a little drier than this one. But there's basically three at the bottom end of the spectrum. And this one's one of them. There's like 1%, 2% residual sugar left on this one. Wow. And so, for that matter, uh, I was also noting that it's it's one of the least sweet of yours that we that we've tried too. Yeah, I'm trying to switch it up for you guys, give you a little diversity. I like that. <laughs> and you know, I think I've said I don't really like sweet things very much anyway. But that's not really the case with your meads. I don't care if they're if they're sweet or not; they're always great. But this one, I just noticed is there is there less honey in this than than another because of the fruit? Uh, um, just a little bit, yeah. There's probably some water coming out of the blueberries. Okay. Um, you know, that basically dries it down a little bit. Got it. Is it the same yeast strain as the other meads that we've tasted? Same across yeah, the board? Yeah, 71B is the only yeast we use, unless it's in the Utopia barrels that we got from Sam Adams, which could still have some of their proprietary yeast in it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which this doesn't have. So, JP and I also had some some serving questions about this one. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, we're, we were wondering about storage temperature, but then we were also wondering about serving, you know, room temp or chilled or all, really all the way refrigerated. What do you recommend? Yeah, I like it served at room temperature. I, I think they do do well with a hot summer like today, chilled down. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I tell my customers, I think there's a reason why AB puts it into their contract, must be served ice cold. Right. Because they're trying to get you not to taste it. Yeah. And, um, you know, my goal and my my mission is let people taste how wonderful the flavors can be. Right. You know, I could, this is fine at room temperature. I could also see it being slightly chilled. You know, like wine fridge chilled, not refrigerated. I'm not talking 36 or Like high 50s? You know. like, yeah, real 50s. high 50s. Yeah, yeah. Something, like, something like that. I think Michael's right on a hot, like it's pretty hot out here today too. Room temp's okay because uh, it's still going to be cooler than, than ambient. But um, what about storage? How should we be storing these? Um, with, we use uh, synthetic corks to try to avoid cork taint. Um, the first year we had seven bottles out of a thousand go off due to the corks. Wow! And I, I figured that was pretty high odds for customers never coming back to try the product. Yeah. Um, so we switched to artificial corks, and um, you can store a bottle like this upright for years on end in your fridge or down in your basement or any place, just not in a windowsill. Okay. And. Probably then just the same kind of standards uh, apply where you're, you're just looking for a consistent temperature? Absolutely. We had a lady call the meadery and she goes, the cork flew out of the bottle and hit my cat. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, is no. that a euphemism or what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Bounced off the wall and hit my cat, yeah. quote unquote. My kitty. My low bush. <laughs> Mellow melt. So, uh, yeah, we do not recommend storing it in sunlight. Got it. It won't turn skunked like a beer, but it's, you know, we want to keep it at a consistent temperature. There's no hops in mead, right? Yeah. No. Okay. Not currently. I am working on a few uh, top secret releases that may be coming out. I'm trying to make like a Pliny the Elder for uh, mead. Wow. Pliny the Elder for mead. You're going right for, he's not even going in between. (laughs) Forget Sierra Nevada for mead. He's going right for Pliny the Elder. (laughs) 
If you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck. I I have faith in you. I, you know, I'm waiting for you to send us a shitty mead. You know, it's <laughs> so, uh, not happening. All right. Well, listen, folks. As always, uh, if you want moonlight and it's not in your area, you know, go to your local good beer store and ask them for it because it's not too hard to get. Uh, they just need to call up Michael and, and he'll make it happen. But if they don't know that you want it, you know, how are you going to get it? Um, that being said, you're all over the place already, aren't you, Michael? Yeah, we're now, I think, 24 states. We just got into Iowa, I'm flying off to Tampa tomorrow to help push the market there. And then we'll be up in Colorado end of September, early October. But, you know, the more orders that come in, the more I'm going to be traveling around. So the Bruin Network is definitely a key aspect of um, my marketing plan. And you guys have been great to work with, and we're not going anywhere. Beautiful. Does that mean that we get a cut of your frequent flyer miles? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not greedy. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll give you the the percentage I still have. Nice. (laughs) Right. Thanks, man. Well, as Michael said, you guys are a whole part of it because you're everywhere. So if you want the meat and you don't have it, just ask for it, and Mike will do his best to get it down there. Just go to your local good beer place and, and have him bring it in. And uh, if you see it on the shelf, uh, listen, I always I think it's like the mead for, for mead lovers and people who have never had mead. It's, right. it's that, you know. <laughs> right. Um, it's great stuff. So And for your first date. It's, it's definitely good for your first date. <laughs> Yeah. Go to a drive-in, especially if you're, you know, dating in the in the uh, low teens. I mean, high the teens. prude states. Oh, okay. You know, and you need a little help in the high teens, <laughs> especially if you're dating in the, you know, no, that's uh, that's underage. Well, that's true. You well, must have meant in Celsius temperature. Yeah, <laughs> if you're dating yeah. in the high teens, so really like in your thirties, <laughs> right? Uh, all right, Michael. Thank you once again for sending us me to try and educating us a little bit. We always appreciate it. All right, guys. Bruce Strong, meet stronger. Cheers. Talk to you soon. <laughs> there you go, well, Michael Fairbrother, Moonlight Meter. Everybody. Yeah, he uh, he was having a good time out there at NHC. Yeah, for sure. And we were because of his mead. <laughs> yeah. At, you know, uh, when our pallet didn't show up the next day, uh, I saw that they had set up already, and they had just a little bit of the braggot left. Yeah. I went. It was like ten in the morning. I went straight to his booth. <laughs> I just. Give me a little of that hair of the dog, buddy. That's why you're so calm. Yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. wow, Jay's not pulling all his hair out right now. <laughs> That's my, Michael's my new, uh, he's my new shrink. I fired Steve uh, while at NHC. I was like, Michael, you are doing, you're doing so much better than my shrink ever did. Steve the free. <laughs> yeah, now I go to Mike the Moonlight. I don't know. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, he had me all calm and nice. <laughs> all right, when we come back. Ninkasi winner David Barber. Plus, we got to do our Brewcaster Challenge a little bit later in the show. We'll find out who the winner is this time, Tasty or Nathan. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to the bus 
Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of the Buzz, the Forum, the Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until okay, the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. 
And and that Brew Builder software is awesome. Oh yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh yeah. This is Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network.
possession. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, thanks to Michael Fairbrother from Moonlight for, well, for getting us a nice buzz before the show really gets going. I don't even know where I am right now. <laughs> Some, uh, I feel like I'm not in yeah, Martinez. It's like, it's like drinking shots before we start. Yeah. 14% mlomo before the program. It's the, I'd like your finest blah, blah, please. <laughs> perfect way to get fired up. All right, as promised, this year's Ninkasi winner, David Barber, is on the line with us. And uh, he kicked some ass at the National Homebrew Competition this year. And uh, he's here to talk to us all about it. David, what's happening, man? How's it going, guys? It's going great. Congratulations on your big win. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Are you still high from the win? Absolutely. You know, it's, uh, every time I think about it, I still get goosebumps. You should, man. Yeah. It's really a big deal. Well, and heroin will do that to you. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, David, uh, uh, whether I've, I've known the Ninkasi winner or not, I get goosebumps every time because I know how like how many good beers you had to brew and then and then the statistics of it getting judged well and, and the sheer competition. I'm also aware, because I can see it in most of your faces, how much it means when you run up to the stage. And I'm telling you, and I bet Tasty's with me on this because he's a big pussy like I am. I right. cry. You, we're like, we're <laughs> like near tears every time the Ninkasi winner comes yeah, up to the stage. You feel for him. Yeah. I cried. Oh, and then that you're local too. That that must oh, have been yeah, even that, better. That that was huge. I yeah. mean, um, my club was so excited. I mean, I was obviously more excited then, but I mean, they were just so stoked. Who's your club? The Lehigh Valley uh, Brewers. Lehigh, Lehigh Valley Home Brewers. Nice. Now you guys uh, won the Gambrinus Award as well, right? Yeah, we won the Gambrinus Award as well. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. That is cool to see uh, the home team do that. I think it happened last year too, didn't it? I think the Seattle home team, or if it wasn't last year's the year before, it's it's happened huh. kind of often recently where the home teams get in the uh, Gambrinus yeah. Cup. So that's always good to see. Well, tell us about the the beers. Uh, how many did you enter into the first round? I, I had fourteen in the first round. Okay, that's the max, right? Everyone's allowed fourteen. Fifteen is the max. So you had fourteen uh, go in. Nathan knows. And. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't type it. I couldn't type that fast to get fifteen in. Got it. Okay, uh, Nate, did you get shut out again this year? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the shark jumping moment? We can That's review that. Sorry, Nate. You know. Let me go back to the tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so fourteen in the first round, and and then how many made it into the second round? Four made it in the second round. All right, so f- four out of fourteen, and then in the second round, where it all matters, how many of the four won a medal? Two. Two of the four. Yeah. Yeah, the American barley wine and the the Weizen. Got it. And were they what? What was the medal? Gold. Uh, gold for both. Wow. Yeah. And the Weizen was first in the first round, also. Yeah. Right. Right. That yep. is awesome. Wow. So that's a hell of a of a of a score. Now, Doc and I were sitting there, and and Doc had how many did you have? Go three. Yeah. Nah, to the second I round. Put in nine. Three went in the second round. And you also got two medals, right? Yeah. So. When Ninkasi came up, I'm thinking, Doc has a chance here. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about it at all until Nate looks over at me and goes, Ninkasi. It could happen. And, because and, he I, had, and I got all nervous again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're waiting because Doc got a gold and a silver, but you eked it out with two golds, David. Yeah, I mean, this was it, it was the same with me. You know, as soon as I got the second one, a bunch of people came over and said, oh, 
you could win the Kazi. Right. And I was just freaking out at that point. <laughs> yeah. You hadn't even thought about it before then. No, no. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I had just settled down. Right. <laughs> okay, now I can, I can just calm down, and then, then that gets thrown in your face. Because it yeah. used to be that only the people who had... You know, 10, 12 beers go to the second round. Exactly. And thought cider. about Ninkasi because you knew that that's what you were up against. But now it's it's a lot more even. There's a level of playing field now, at least a little more than it was. Right. So it's anybody's game, and, and David David was the dude this year, man. So tell us about the two beers, and let's talk about the German wheat first, since it did first in the first round and first in the second round. Um, what exactly was the beer style, and, and what can you tell us about it? Uh, it was a uh, Weizen. It was sixty um, percent wheat, forty percent uh, German Pilsner malt. Uh, I used a double decoction with rest at one forty six and one fifty eight. Um, it was really fresh, so uh, I brewed it fresh for the first round and then rebrewed it for the wow. second round. Ooh, okay. nice. So that beer was only maybe three weeks old. Tasty. What huh. does that tell you about this brewer? You're a ninja brewer if you can repeat <laughs> a 40-point beer. He knows his system, right? He's yeah. got consistency down. Yeah. So folks at home who are new, you take note. You you rebrew your beer when you know your system, and that way it goes into the second round fresh. Especially with a style like that. Yeah. Did you uh, did you happen to, to do a side-by-side tasting of the old batch and the new batch? I didn't. The old batch was gone. So uh, <laughs> right, he's, he's like, "Look, I didn't want to brew it a second time." <laughs> That's the other problem. Drank yeah. it all up before he could watch it go downhill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what kind of yeast in that beer? It was the the Y yeast thirty sixty eight, the Weihenstefan. Okay, and and then fermented at sixty two. Sixty two. Yeah. Sixty two. Right. Jamil was a. Early proponent of that on the show a long time ago. Ferment a little lower than you might think. Yeah, because I definitely would have thought higher because you're looking for some of those yeast flavors to come out, right? Right. Yeah, but it, it'll do it. And I like it at a little higher temperature, but it doesn't do well in competition. You really got to low and slow. Got I mean, it. I think especially with that yeast, too. There's there's a few yeast that, that I don't know if you do super low. I don't think they kick out enough esters, but I think that yeast is pretty pretty heavy on the flavors. Okay. And you get a specific banana quality out of it at lower temps. What do you think? David right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. I mean, I also did the perulic acid rest to try to get a good balance of the, the clove and the banana, but, you know, not pick up any bubble gum if you get it the temp too high. What is that? What is a perulic acid rest? That's the precursor to uh, the banana flavor. The, the clove. Or the clove flavor. So where do you do it? How do you do it? What is it? It was uh, rested about 113 for... 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Okay. So you're mashing, resting at Mash, 113. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Got it. I thought he was choking on his tongue. I didn't even hear what he said. Perulic? Perulic acid. Perulic acid. Rest. I've Perulic never acid. heard of this. Duh. Yeah, I'm <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I was going, what? Uh, I think he's making shit up right now. All right, so that's a mash rest at 113. And which, is that in one particular malt over the other? Is that in the wheat malt? Or, or is that, it, that could be done in any malt? Any malt, usually. Uh, but, yeah. uh... Yeah, you're going to get it more of the Pilsner, too. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I just... It, w- it was the whole mash, um, so... Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I don't know if it's any particular malt or not, so... Did you do a yeast starter? Absolutely. There you go. I do a yeast starter for every beer I do. It's more more good brewing techniques from an Inkasi winner. All of the... Well, you listen to the Brewing Network long enough, you pick up some good tips. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> Mostly oh. the ones we beat into your head, like yeast starters. <laughs> that's all we know, so that's what we say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so, uh, and then a low uh, temperature, and uh, there you go. You got a gold medal beer. Was it your recipe, or did you get it from somewhere else? Uh, I started with Jamil's recipe and then tweaked it a little bit. Okay. And up the, up the percentage of wheat. Have you? Do- oh, you did. And why did you do that? Why did you think that would help? Uh, I just, I really like the kind of the creaminess of the wheat, and I think it just needed a bit more. So got it. tried upping it, and, you know, I've, I've been happy with the last couple times I brewed it. Okay. Bittering with Hollertow on this beer? Yes. Yeah. Had to be. Hollertow Middle Fruit. Got it. All right. What was your other gold medal winning beer? Uh, American Barley Wine. Nice. All right. Tell us about that. How old was it? It was uh, a little over two years. Okay. And what about the gravity, uh, original and finishing? Do you remember those? Uh, the original gravity was um, like 1094, something like that. Okay. Uh, and it finished around 1019. Oh, wow. It got way down there from 1094 anyway. Um, okay. And then it, it was just hanging around for two years and you thought it was ready for competition? You know, I, I, I like, you know, when I think of a barley wine, I think of Bigfoot. And I really like a fresh Bigfoot, but, you know, I also like the way it, it ages. Yeah. So um, I've been entering it on and off for the last year or two, and, and I think it's really hit its stride. But the problem is I think a lot of judges, when they taste an American barley wine, they're expecting a big hot punch, you know. Right, right. Um, but, you know, they don't expect kind of the subdued or the, the maltiness to kind of kick in as it ages. So, sure. Um, I really like it. Unfortunately, I only have one bottle left. So, <laughs> Was it a, a big hot punch in the beginning like a, um, like a Bigfoot would be? It was, yeah. Okay. What were um, the IBUs? You remember? I'm sorry? What were the IBUs? Do you remember? Uh, I don't off the top of my head. Okay. No worries. If it's big like a like a Bigfoot, it was that's... probably. I mean, it was measured. It was it was over a hundred. Got before. it. Okay. Is there a good rule of thumb for how often you should be trying a beer like a barley wine as it's aging? I mean, I, I like to try them every month or so and see how it ages. I think every month is a is a good call. You do it more often than that, and you know you, you're not really going to perceive some of the changes. Plus, you're going to run out of beer if you taste yep, like right. I do. Yeah, right. That's uh, not really tasting. That's drinking. <laughs> that's right. just drinking it. But especially, uh, wouldn't you say? Did you do it every month for all two years, or can you kind of forget about it for you know six months or a year before you really get into the tasting? No, I, I forget because I actually kegged it, and so I just you know kind of stuck it in the back and forgot about it for a while, and then when a comp would come up, I'd taste it again and, and see how it was. Got it. I think that's the way to do it, especially with an American barley wine, right? Because, uh, I mean, at least me, I'm definitely looking for that hop in your face character to drop out. I don't like Bigfoot Fresh at all. Uh, in fact, it's got to be several years old before I really so. enjoy that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those can almost be too bitter in the so, beginning. Not yeah, just and, Bigfoot, but beers kind of like in that realm, you know? Yeah. Lock it away and forget about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. What what about any particular tips and tricks about brewing a high gravity beer like that for for our listeners? Um, I, I would say probably the biggest trick is you know pitch plenty of yeast. I, you know I always I always brew something like a pale ale or something like that just to grow up a big pitch of yeast, and then I often just dump the the new wort right on top of it. Oh, nice! Um, and then you know fermentation control because there's a ton of sugar in there. Um, you really want to keep that temperature under control. Otherwise, you'll, you'll end up with just a ton of fusels. Got it. Good advice. 
I like that you're just repitching onto a pale ale. Now, keep in mind, folks, that he said something like a pale ale. The question has come up before, you know, should you repitch a barley wine yeast? Should you put another barley wine on top of that? And some of the answers have been that you don't want to put it on a stressed out yeast, like a, a yeast that's already worked really hard. So he didn't put it on a yeast cake that might have just busted its ass on a beer. A pale ale's a pretty neutral beer and build up a good pitch. That yeast is probably healthy and happy and ready to do some, some work on a high-gravity beer. So... Are you fermenting in carboys, David? Yeah, I'm fermenting in carboys, and then I've got a, a small fridge that I can control the fermentation temp. Got it. Did you do any sort of nutrient addition to that barley wine? Yeah, I pinched, or uh, I put in the Y-East nutrient blend, probably about a teaspoon mm-hmm. or so. Into your starter or into the, the wort itself? Uh, probably a little pinch in the starter. Well, it wasn't. The pale, I didn't put any in the, I put a little bit in the pale ale, um, and then, you know, much more in the, in the barley wine. Got it. Hmm. Yeast nutrient is important. Yeah. But not, but not through fermentation. You mean adding nutrients through fermentation? Yeah. No. I just, I just, you know, put it, put it in the wort and while it's boiling and then, and then let it go. Clearly you didn't need it. Yeah, <laughs> it went to town. Yeah, do you like to go a little bit lower on the ferment temp for this style as well? I'm assuming you're saying 01 or 1056, and you said temp control. So, what right. sort of range would you like to use on a beer that's this big? You know, probably keep it in high 60s, like 67, 68, somewhere around there. Okay. Well, it sounds like you know your stuff, David, and I think you've got the Ninkasi medal to to prove it. Yeah, it's safe to it's safe to say that you know. Yeah, you don't know as much as us, but you know, <laughs> well, yeah. you're all I right. Still have a lot to learn from you guys. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think we found a replacement for anybody in this room who calls in sick because David had all the answers. Oh yeah, David's got it locked up. <laughs> he's like he's like our basics guy. You know, you got to stick to the fundamentals. And uh, the man yeah. knows his fundamentals. Now, if you can teach the San Jose Sharks how to teach, stick to their fundamentals, that'd be good. <laughs> All right. It looks wow. like we have a, uh, a question for you. Boy, is I'm it bombed. hot in here or is it just me? <laughs> I'm bombed. Oh. Sorry, I was reading. Yeah, it's okay. Casey from Folsom's on the line, David, and he's got a question about repitching. Hey, Casey, what's happening, man? Hey, uh, just listening to the session, drinking some beer, and waiting to clean up my brew system because it's hot as hell. Um, but I had a question about repitching. When it comes to when he repitched on top of that pale ale, I was curious, did he do like a closed transfer out of the carboy or the conical? And then did he just put a stopper in there and, and throw the beer back in, or did he just use a standard like auto siphon, just kind of siphoned it out and then threw the stopper on? I was always kind of worried about dust in the air or something. David? Yeah, um... You know, I'm not sure about this beer. What I probably did was, um, you know, once I once I siphoned off the pale ale, swirl the yeast and put it in a bunch of mason jars, and then let the yeast settle, and then uh, rinse it with cold water, and then that way I'm pitching, you know, separate it out, and that way I'm pitching just yeast, not necessarily all the trube and um, and the beer as well. Good call. But I have done it the other way where I just pitch a beer directly on top of the yeast cake, and I haven't had any problems with that either. Thanks for the call, Casey. I appreciate it. All right, David. Well, once again, congratulations. Are you going to go for a two-peat next year? How can I not? <laughs> you have to do it, man. It's Yeah, we would be yeah abs- you have to. 
You do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Gordon a run for his money. There, that's <laughs> what we like to hear. You got to defend. You get him, David. <laughs> I think you have a good chance. You're brewing some good beer, man. Thanks. Uh, but Nate's coming back hard next time. Yeah. Well, except that he's jumped the shark, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. He's going to start right. entering uh, wine competitions. <laughs> yeah, Nate's moving over to <laughs> yeah. wine. Why not? <laughs> or wine and not. He comes back on the show. That. Yeah, but I'm doing great over in wine. <laughs> <laughs> I got a silver medal for my Pinot Grige. Well, congrats to you, David, and congrats to Lehigh Valley Homebrewers, who also got the Gambrinus uh, Cup Award, and that was awesome to see the, the, Hi, local, the local boys do. Yeah, you guys are doing good stuff over there. Thanks for being on the program, and we wish you continued success, man. All right, thanks, man. appreciate you having me on. You're welcome. Cheers, brother. All right, cheers. All right, David Barber, your 2013 American Homebrewers Association Ninkasi winner, and uh, you, can, you can hear why. Guy knows what he's doing. Right. You know? That's good to hear. All right. Guess what, folks? It's just about Brewcaster Challenge time. Oh, no. The moment that people have been waiting for because they didn't really care about me and you, JP. Of course not. We were like, all right, well, one of them is going to win and the other one's going to suck and no one cares. We were lab rats. (laughs) That's all we were. But, But between Tasty and Nathan, this is a real one. Uh, <laughs> this is a real one. Yeah, we were like the, you know, when you go to a good boxing match. Uh, yeah, we're the first on the card. <laughs> yeah, we were the, 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 the yeah the early card. Yeah. We were on at three p.m. <laughs> for a ten o'clock main event. We're the we're the warm up stand up comedian <laughs> before the talk show whatever. Who's just the local guy who happens to host the open mic night? Yeah. You guys are the lighting test, <laughs> right? We're the stand-ins. Yeah, he's, we're also the guy who like tells the crowd how to react. You know, so when the sign comes on, and says applause. Right. Everyone, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. That would have been a perfect opportunity for Moscow to press his applause button. <laughs> yeah, that or the sharks joke. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Compared <laughs> compared to the Brewcaster Challenge we're about to do, this is what JP and I are sounded like. Check one. Check <laughs> check two. Check one. Is this thing working? Check. Hi. Check. Check. Uh, all right. We'll taste at the break here a little bit because oh, I game. want everyone to uh, think long and hard about the beer, and then we'll come back and we'll continue to taste on the air with you folks at home. We are just a few minutes away from finding out who the winner of the second Brewcaster Challenge is, Tasty or Nate. You're tuned into the session, and we got a lot more to do tonight. We're going to learn about those wit beers um, and much more. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's 
our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. What could be better than great blues music and great beer? Rock your summer right at the 4th Annual Pleasant Hill Blues and Brews Festival. Saturday, July 27th from noon to 6 p.m. Come enjoy tasty beer, delicious food, and free live music featuring the Candy Cane Band, the Chris Cane Band, and many more. Unlimited beer tasting and VIP access available at beautiful Pleasant Hill Park. More than 25 of the best in some of the newest Bay Area breweries will be on hand like La Junitas, the 21st Amendment, Sierra Nevada, Heretic, Lost Coast, Rocksteady, and Almanac Brewing. Get your tickets right now for the Blues and Brews Festival at bluesandbrewsfestival.com. And new this year, Friday night will be a pre-party concert. From 6 to 9 p.m., come enjoy the music of the Big Jangle. Don't miss the Pleasant Hill Blues and Brews Festival for great blues and great brews. Get your tickets today. I-10, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishef, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at Have you ever been stuck with a last-minute brewing question? Maybe on a new piece of equipment or a recipe kit you haven't tried before. The Brewmeister knows how that feels and is here for you. The Brewmeister prides themselves on personal service and advice to all of their customers, whether in-store or online. The Brewmeister is a full-fledged home brew store, too, with all the ingredients and gear you need to make great beer and wine. You'll be glad you visited ShopBrewmeister.com or one of their stores in Roseville or Folsom when you need to pick up the phone and get your brewing questions answered 
fast. Visit shopbrewmeister.com right now and see the personal difference the great team at the Brewmeister have to offer. If you visit today, use coupon code BNARMY and get 10% off your first order. Some conditions apply. The Brewmeister, personal service and advice with exceptional quality. Shopbrewmeister.com. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to style. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, (laughs) The The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session.
All right, welcome back to the program. We are very close to the moment you've all been waiting for. Finding out who the winner is, Tasty or Nathan, in the Brewcaster Challenge Wit Beer. We did some tasting uh, at the break there just to, uh, we didn't talk about it amongst each other. Uh, we just wanted to get some of the lip smacking and, and boring drinking part out of the way so you don't have to listen to it. It's um, my favorite part. I took, uh, took quite a few notes on these two beers. Uh, I'll start the conversation by saying uh, this is a tough, this is a tough challenge. Um, Why? Well, uh, turn on your mic, uh, <laughs> Doc. Where there, whereas there were some distinct flaws to talk about in in my beer on the first challenge that kind of made it, you know, it, I, I think a little easier to go. Well, this one's cleaner, and this other one's got it's flat. You know, there are no distinct flaws in either of these beers. No. Um, so. In a lot of ways, I, I think it might uh, come down to the the preference of what style of wit beer you you like. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll also say that that with and and I, it could end up being wrong because it's blind right now. I don't know whose is whose, but uh, Tasty might have given a little bit away by saying that you know his is a shock top clone because I <laughs> I do think and I'll go ahead and start talking about the two beers since I'm onto this this subject. I do think one seems to be uh, closer to a shock shock top whereas the other one seems to be a little closer to a Hogarth. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. we do have the the two spectrums if if there is such a thing as a, as a wide spectrum at all in in wit beer I think in front of us. So I I'll be surprised to find out if I'm if I'm wrong about whose beer is whose beer and um I guess it's fine to say whose I think is whose uh, to begin with. We're going to talk about them now and not reveal which one we've chosen. We've already cast our ballots uh, into the hat. There are um, five official votes being cast here tonight because Tasty and Nathan don't get to vote. Um, so it's good that we have an odd number or we'd have to bring in a ringer, which is Sam. <laughs> and then one of you guys would have gotten fucked over by Sam. He would just, he would just draw out. He yeah. just draw a house. Sam deserves a little bottom. bit of credit. He would, was very well behaved last week. <laughs> was he? He he was actually. He was, yeah, for Sam, you didn't see yeah. him pants a guy in the bathroom and go, "Hey, hey!" He didn't. Let's see that dick. Yeah, what's up with that dick? <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. I don't even have anything to say. So I've got two beers in front of me. One's labeled A. One is labeled B. Um, I'll just talk about the two without giving my preference, and we're going to kind of go around the room and do that. Um, we will then uh, reveal the winner and whose beer they are, and then we'll take a little break and come back and talk about the recipes after the climax of the win. Whoa. Uh, I'm going to get a climax. Should I get a raincoat? <laughs> <laughs> now, they're both cloudy. As they should be. Uh, very cloudy. Right. And perfectly oh, yeah. cloudy. Yeah. It's kind of hard not to. They really are. You know, one a little a little thicker than the other. Um, in, in B, I could actually see the carbonation bubbles moving up through it. And I, both of them are carbonated uh, perfectly, in my opinion. But one, I'm just talking about the, the translucence. I could actually see it in one and, and could hardly see it in the other. So one is a little cloudier, uh, which is uh, A. A is just a little thicker, but... You know that's that's nothing. That's just a, a note on on how they look. Um, one is also you know slightly more of an orange hue, uh, and that is also A uh, than B is. Um, you know B is the one I think that's closer to a hoe garden, uh, whereas A I think is closer to the shock top. They both I was surprised by the amount of orange flavor in them. Agreed. Um, as opposed to. The amount of coriander flavor, which I often find in in different whipped beers, so I was pleased to find 
the fresh orange flavor in both of them. Um, I don't know how much of that had to do with some of your advice, Doc, or you know, just the know-how of using fresh ingredients. We'll let them talk about that afterward. But um, both had a great fresh orange. Uh, a, having more of the orange flavor, yeah. in my opinion, than B, which again, to me, uh, suggesting that, that that might be Tasty's with the, with the Shock Top clone. I think that's a bit more of an orange beer. Um, I think both, in my, I'm not big on the spices, so as far as a wit beer goes... I got to say that both of them are spiced perfectly because in, in in neither one is there something just standing out where I'm going, oh, well, thanks for the can- the coriander or or thanks for uh, any of them. So uh, the, yeah. the balance of spices to me, it's almost not discernible between the two. It's so well done. I can't, you know. Um, so both of you, I, I'm excited to hear about the techniques in that regard because neither one of you, you know, went, oh, shit, I put too much of that in this. I think both... Tasty and I, at some point in the last 15 years, have probably made a beer with spices that probably had too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we know not to do that. And we said we'd use a light yeah. hand on this kind of thing. Exactly. Oh. So I, let's go to other folks. I'll just leave it as, you know, I'm not going to cast my vote right now, uh, nor will anyone else. But I'll, I just want to say that th- those are really the differences I pointed out. It's difficult because both are, both are, are fantastic beers. Uh, Doc, what do you think about these two? They're uh, right. They're both fantastic beers. Uh, I'm surprised you picked a style that has such a wide variety in it. Okay. Because there's no one discernible flavor or one discernible style, uh, uh, beer that we're going to have that's going to, oh, yeah, that's just like this, and that's what it should be. I kind of liken these to unidentical twins. They're twins, but they don't look exactly alike. Yep. Which one do you like Fraternal? better? Yeah. Well. Or unidentical. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Dr. that. Dr. Scott. <laughs> 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 I wasn't going to say that because then I would have had to explain what fraternal meant. <laughs> I see, uh, but they're not identical twins. Uh, they're but and they're both really good beers. Yeah, uh, they're different. Yeah, I. What I, do you taste? that's different. Oh, uh, night and day. Okay. Uh, one is more uh, the coriander chamomile ish kind of, and the other one's very citrusy and and fresh fruit. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the main difference. They're they look if you looked at them, they're almost identical, yeah. uh, color wise. Very light. Uh, the cloudiness is perfect. Yep. W- also gives uh, a lot of good mouthfeel. It's like the slickness in the mouthfeel. Yeah, that that's what's lacking in a lot of uh, wit beers that I taste. Mm. Is you don't get uh, the 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 thickness on the tongue. Uh, the, you usually get that from oats. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tasty, but I think we both used oats, which yeah. is contributing yeah, yeah, to this, right? Two yeah, two yeah. right. Yeah, I, can, I can tell. That's what helps make it um, not be a thin beer. Something this light in color and everything, you're, you're going to get it almost thin okay. with, with this much carbonation, too. With the oats, without attributing anything else, it's going to give you kind of that slickness on the tongue that gives that mouthfeel. As soon as you said slickness, the thing that came to mind, and I know it, it did come up a little bit in our discussions. I don't want Nathan or Tasty to confirm or deny it at this point, but I thought lactic acid when you said slickness. That's an experience that I've had with, with that being added I, to yours. Lactic acid, for, to me, is a sharpness. Okay. Uh, this is more of a uh, say laying on your tongue. Yeah. It just It's more of the difference between water on your tongue and oil on your tongue. Okay. Kind of that difference. All right. And confirmed that it, it, it very well... It, it, with, yeah, with, some people say silky kind of with oats. From the oats. Yeah, and you silk, get oats, silky, okay. yeah. oats and, and wheat kind of going in this. Uh, uh, yeah, you know? and uh, oats 
more so than wheat, given, okay. given it given that body and mouth feel. You don't want to go overboard on it, but it does definitely is part of this style. Yeah, and it both got that mouth feel, color, carbonation. That's all the same. Yeah, it's. Just, it's it's citrus or spice, is, is what sounds yeah. like what you're going that's, for that's here. That's what it is. It's citrus or spice. Okay. All right, Bevo, uh, you want to chime in on these two beers and just, just tell us a lot briefly what say. you think about them? Um, I just thought that A had a little bit of a metallic taste. Okay. I don't know if anybody else picked that up. Um, I also thought it was a bit more floral than the other. And I also thought B was a little bit thin. But I I may or may not have I liked thought, that I more. thought B was a, a, more in the, a little more bitter, too. Yeah. Um, you know, in possibly terms from the coriander, I see. It's, it's not a hot bitterness. It's a different kind of bitterness. It's it's more of a spice bitterness. Okay, on the beat. All right, let's go to Moscow. Well, I get a distinct dank from B. <laughs> so it's it's interesting you say it's not hot bitterness because it t- it's so dank on on the on the taste, not not on the nose. And just to clarify, you didn't smoke any weed at the break. Oh, yeah, no, actually, that might be affecting. <laughs> oh, what, bro? Yeah. But I snorted as a shit ton of it. Um, uh, a, a smells like an orange Julius. All right, it, it, it's a beautiful smell. It tastes it, it tastes like it's going to be sweet, right? Like when you first drink it, it's like an orange Julius, right? But then there's no sweetness. It, like you guys are saying, both these beers, are there's no there's no off flavors. They, they are... They're not similar, though. I, I don't get similar at all. I don't even get similar in color. Like, Doc, you were saying the color's similar, but so I was looking at these in the light, and I'm thinking of it as how, how would I mix paint to make these colors? I would use red mixing A. I would not use any red in B. Yeah. And I think that's the orange difference I was yeah. also pointing out in, in A, that there's just more of that color. Uh, and again, looking like a shock top. In beer, we're, we're talking more... Uh, the it's a smaller spectrum. spectrum. It, well, it's, it's it's light to dark, and you being uh, the artist, yeah, yeah, you're looking at hues more more than intensity of color, and yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. But this beer is in yeah, it's about a two SRM and a three SRM. Yeah, so they're in the same in in the in the beer chart. They're in the same SRM. However, that does not make you wrong about the color difference. No, just, li- if you were a BJCP judge, then you would call them very similar in SRM. One's a, a slight, like you said, maybe a point darker. Right. But I, again, I think you look you're right, at it, Moscow. You I look think, at it from a whole different perspective than no. we do. So. Right. Yeah, and you're, you're saying they're the same wheelhouse for beer. Which if they had I, the same clarity, they'd be almost the same color. Okay. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is the clarity is yeah. is B is is significantly it's a little, clear. It's a little clearer. That's why I was. I, well, see, you guys say a little, and it, it just strikes me as a big difference. And and like you were saying, the beers are the beers are really close. They don't. They're not close at all, in my opinion. They don't. They don't <laughs> smell the same. They don't look the same. They well, don't. Ta- the, they don't taste even close to each other. What are the flavor differences? Well, B B gives me uh, um, that that dankness, almost like a skunkiness, but but not unpleasant. And I get the the grains really come through on B for me. And then A is it's just all about that orange flavor, which I happen to like personally. And since there's no off flavors, you just get to enjoy the orange vanilla of it. So out of there, they're hmm. night and day. I, that I do agree with. Except for you call them identical, and then you call them night and day. No, 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 no. non identical. No, non. Oh, non-i- oh yeah, okay. sorry. Fraternal yeah, yeah. twins. Well, if, if you throw a pale ale. And uh, a stout into this mix, they start to look a lot alike, and that's that's my point. In as far as beers go, yeah. And so these are two awesome wits. Yeah, they're still wits. They're still the same, but they're different. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's how my comparison was. 
Well, I, uh, I don't see color, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he's making racist jokes. Well, look, let's be, stereotype, <laughs> stereotypes are different. Right. You, you don't see reason either, but we, we get past that. <laughs> don't. I see a lot of logic, though. <laughs> I'm good at that. Yeah, I'm good at that. I'm all right with that. <laughs> Go ahead, JP. <coughs> oh, no, we were, were we done with him? I'm done. Yeah, they're both, yeah. They're both fantastic. It's going to be just personal opinion for what flavors people like. Put well. That's exactly. It's just going to be down to personal preference. All right. What do you think, Chip? Hi. Um, I I enjoy both of them. I think they they are very good. I I do agree with Doc that they are similar beers because they're categorized within the BJCP style of a wit beer. Yep. So that that by default makes them similar. So Moscow is in fact wrong. You're incorrect. Um, <laughs> Great. A is very. Um, I got a candied orange, which I thought was very interesting. It's more of a um, like the circus peanut candy orange with the oh, yeah. crystals on, like the terrible jelly. I was going to say that's not exactly a compliment if you don't like candied orange peanut things. <laughs> it's not, it's, which I don't. It's not a. I don't like them either, but <laughs> but it's a pleasant aroma. In in, in a beer, it's a, uh, yeah. it's very it's it is very pleasant. It's not uh, it, it's not offensive at all, and I think to the style it works really well. Okay, uh, did I? pull myself out of that one yep all right you're good uh and then in uh, but like you i didn't really get a whole lot of spices out of a uh b i got a, a fair amount of spice uh you know kind of a, a low to moderate um sweet peppercorn kind of thing with a light hint of that candied orange very similar candied orange thing and i wonder if it is from the from the um uh fresh orange zest or not i don't know if both of them did it or not but uh uh i i i enjoyed both of them i thought b had some more of those traditional wit beer spices that i was looking for if we're doing this you know to to style and based on the wit beers that i've had i think that had more of a of a traditional little yeah a little traditional kind of bite to it yeah you think a did b b sorry sorry. yes yep okay all right well uh I'm, you know, it's it's interesting that uh, I think we're all on the same page here because there are pieces of everything that you all said that I'm definitely ag- agreeing with. And in fact, as I said, I, nothing was overwhelming on the spicy. It wasn't until Doc pointed out that, that B is at least a little more spice pronounced than A that I went exactly. back. And, and of course, they're warming up a little now, too. Uh, again, I'll stick to my statement that they're both so wonderfully balanced in the spices. But B is just a little more pronounced. Um but it's still across the board. All the spices are working well together. Yeah, and the spices should not be so pronounced. They should not be wildly out of place. It should focus on on the kind of vanilla orange aspect of everything. And, and yeah. if there are spices present, it should be low to moderate uh, in you know in in the in the flavor. It shouldn't be just spice, spice, spice. Right. Yeah. Right. In your face. Okay. I wonder if before we reveal the ballot, yeah, we should ask Tasty and Nate. If they should, what their vote is on A or B. And, of course, their vote doesn't count. Uh-huh. But I'd be interested to know, without saying whose beer is whose, uh, what your vote would be after tasting the two. I wonder if they're going to like do like in the presidential race where you just default vote for the other person. <laughs> You're supposed to. <laughs> well, I think B. Yeah. Oh, I think A. I also am going to say that I think in the end, it, it, with this beer, it really is coming down to personal preference. Which wouldn't yeah. be so far off of a competition, would it? If there was a best in show with two wit beers, both done this well, um, it would come down to the judge's personal preference. Well, uh, well, yeah, absolutely. It would come down to, to what what's, fits better in the style based yeah. on, on whatever the judge thinks. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, let's do that. Uh, a or B, Nathan? Uh, which beer do you like that you think uh, in a best of show round with only wit beers? Which one do you think you'd pick? Well, there's A, I think, should be a little drier, but it has a wonderful citrus profile yeah. that I really like. And the aroma on it is excellent. And it drinks, as Moscow was saying, you think it's going to be sweet, but it actually doesn't finish very sweet. You suspect it might be. That said, either maybe a little bit more bitterness or slightly drier. B has too much sulfur for me in the aroma, and that is off-putting. That's like one thing I don't like about wit when it's too fresh. So I have a hard time getting past that. Mm. But I do like a lot of the other things in the flavor profile. I think it might be slightly... The spices and bitterness are, are clashing a little bit for me. In D. In B. I like A a little bit better, but it is slightly, A is maybe slightly underbittered or maybe slightly less attenuated. So I have bones to pick about each, but I prefer A slightly. Okay. Tasty? Uh, As far as, uh, I'm I'm not a BJCP judge, and if I was, I probably wouldn't be a a specialist in Whit beers. (laughs) Or a Whit fan, yeah. (laughs) I don't want any Whit beers. Right. Uh, I do like, I I am a big fan of A, um, but I, I do like the dryness in B. Yeah, uh, I like the. Uh, I don't. Th- uh, it just seems like a beer I could drink more of. Okay, it's not as rich. All right, let's get to it, huh, guys? Find out who are you. Who's nervous? Tasty or Nate? <laughs> JP. I already I'm jumped nervous. the shark. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's see the hat. One more loss. What the hell? And, yeah. Uh, we are now going to find out who the winner of the second Brewcaster challenges. I won't read any names uh, to begin with. We'll go back and do that. Uh, after or should we just you, do the names? You want me to read who had who in the pool before you do that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, uh, I, I had Tasty, Doc had Nate, JP had Nate, Bevo had Tasty, and UJ had Tasty as well. I did. I had Tasty. You did. Yeah. It's three, three to two. And, and Nate, Nate is favorite. Well, fucking surprised. <laughs> Come on, man. Go with the winner. Oh, you know how to do that. Yeah. I'm feeling kind of puny over here. Yeah. Almost, Nothing mattered except what you thought. Now, right. now I'm all bad. No, I just yeah. made you question that too. <laughs> so you, you were almost offended. <laughs> what? I did. What is that? Well, I just making sure you wrote it down right. <laughs> so Tasty has three votes to Nate's two, but remember, Nate is favored six to five. So it's almost equal. Ooh. All right. I am going to read the names as we do these because I think that's how we did it last time and I think it's more fun to, to uh, that the that both Nathan and Tasty can send dagger eyes to whoever. Uh, <laughs> it's um, more unboring. Do we find out whose beer is whose before well, I, gotta, I do yeah. A or B? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, I think yeah. so. Even though we already know. All right. Whose beer is A? That's mine. That's Nathan's. Yes. What? Wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? Tasty, you right. conniving little shit with your shock top. <laughs> well, I did add a lot of orange. I didn't know Nate would add Full more. disclosure, he did taste my beer on Saturday I night. Did, I didn't so know he had so much orange. Yeah. Holy crap. I thought I was under that. That shocks me. All right, Nathan is A. Shock top. Shock tops me. Yeah. Tasty <laughs> is B. Wow. All right. Doc is wow. the first ballot I've drawn. Dun, dun, dun. A. So he chose Tasty. No, that's no, Nate. That's no. Nate. Oh, sorry, Nate. <laughs> He's still fucking with you. <laughs> JP. Yes. Has voted for B. Tasty. <laughs> the dead heat? Yeah. Moscow. I think we should use tasty and dead in the same sentence. <laughs> Damn. I don't think that's... Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Has voted for A. Nathan. I thought that was tasty. <laughs> no. no. Sure? We got it right. Bevo 
has voted for B. Ooh. Oh, my. Tasty. Nate. <laughs> Finally, it comes down. <laughs> it's just like last time. It comes down to one vote. One vote. Wow. A is Nathan. B is Tasty. Let's the see. final vote is from Justin. Who's that? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> He's only the handsomest guy in the room. No, oh, uh, <laughs> in the Justin, room. Justin Bieber. Yes. Disagree. <laughs> hey, no soundboard. Justin chooses B. Taste tasty. <laughs> tasty wins. Congrats, Tasty. Wow. It's been a rough year. It was a runoff. Nathan really has jumped. I got nothing to lose. (laughs) Somebody hug Nate, people. Get out here and hug the poor guy. That's been a rough year. At least redressed his burn on his his foot. Motorboat. I got a good story about that too. Wow! (laughs) Another uh, another tight. It came down to one vote for the second Brewcaster challenge in a row. Wow. Unlike in mine, uh, in my Brewcaster challenge, Tasty, I actually helped you win. If you'll remember, yours was the last vote you we opened in Brewcaster Challenge oh. One, and you fucked me over. Ah. <laughs> well, well, thanks for not holding any grudges. Yeah, right. In his defense, he picked the better beer, which just happened. To mine, <laughs> which and that's just, all right. It does happen uh, from time to time. I'm entirely not surprised that it came down to one vote, and both of them were awesome. I am surprised, though, to find out um, that A was Nathan. Yeah, I can't believe that. And B was Tasty. And we'll talk more about that, uh, because uh, I think now that it's it's been revealed, um, there are some things that we can talk about in terms of sweetness and and dryness, and some of the the real differences there that we can ask these two about. But uh, the Brewcaster Challenge has been laid down, and the second victor is tasty keeping his crown as uh, as well the man yeah. i mean i think Absolutely. that's i think that's what his crown I had a says a 50% chance of winning that was <laughs> or tiara i mean whatever let's right. not let's not pigeonhole. we won't judge let's not pigeonhole so let's do this we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about the recipes we'll talk about the real differences and why uh, we think tasty won hang in there it's the session we'll be right back Listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Where do you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? 
sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. 
Mix me your 100 grain amber recipe and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Rich girl, and you're gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far Get you too far Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, a big special thanks to Tasty and Nathan for going through all the effort of participating in the Brewcaster Challenge. It's uh, oh, a little uh, extra work, and you got to deal with my bullshit uh, all the way through it. Uh, so I, I got to get rid of this wit beer, and now you got a bunch of wit beer. To, you know, what, Tasty, you're going to get rid of your wit beer just fine, and in fact, you're going to get rid of it to your favorite gender. I think because oh, uh, well. this is a nice beer. It's a total bitch drink. It's a <laughs> pre-op transsexual. You can call it bitch drink wit. <laughs> Bitch, drink this wit. Speaking of what we're calling it. Wow, talk with your mouth full much? Yeah. Sorry. It's really attractive. Have we had 
figured out who's label one? No, we're going to do that right now. Uh, as you know, Grog Tag uh, was helping us do a label challenge where the brewcasters uh, created labels for the, uh, you know, one for each beer, basically. You could see them all over. Where can you see them, uh, JP? Uh, grogtag.com slash Army. Okay. So, I have the winners in my hand. And are we giving extra points, or this is just I forget, uh, or, or this is just glory? It's uh, glory. It's glory. Okay. Robin Nate. Um, yeah, man. Everybody talking about Robin Nate's nose in it. Wait. Do you have the ta- the official tallies, like so that we know uh, if it was a landslide? Or I can f- try to find them. Close. Out. I can uh, find those out. Hold on. All right. Uh, all right. Let's announce the winners over grogtag.com slash BN Army. Okay. Nathan's label. The winner, washed up wit. Yes, nice. that was mine. That's an awesome one. <laughs> Hooray for me! Hooray for me! It had the rocker uh, with the stupid Nate hair with the beer in his hand. <laughs> I already wrote that name on and, my recipe. Oh, you did. Yes, name washed up wit. Perfect. I had no idea, but there you go. And if you if you think about it, the results of the Brewcaster Challenge also reflect <laughs> the name of the beer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You know. It was bad luck from the get-go. You know, you really burned bright, Nate. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm done. You burned bright, you burned fast. But see, the whole out. point of jumping the shark is now you guys are stuck with me. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to be annoying. <laughs> I'll be here for years. You got, nothing, right. you got nothing to lose. Exactly. All right. The labels uh, for Tasties. The winner there. Death Watch Wit. Also oh. my label. Wow. Wow. Oh. Cleaned up. In Damn. the label category, totally, totally cleaned up. Totally uh, lost my own brewcaster challenge, my so it's smart. nice to have a little redemption in the <laughs> label competition. Uh, really, I just played on the major qualities of the two brewers in this challenge: one being washed up, the other about to die. <laughs> and I think by doing that, I resonated with the listeners. And uh, I would like to thank the Academy. Thank you. Uh, so I have the percentages. Okay. <clears throat> I do not have the numbers, unfortunately. All right. Uh, for Tasty's labels, the uh, number four, which was the Death Watch, if you go to grogtag.com slash tasty, yeah. you can see all the, the lovely labels. That won 54.5% of the vote. Wow. What was the next closest label? The next closest label was label number six, which was I Wish, I wish This Was Janet. It had the whip beer with a circle and the line through it. Yeah. yeah. Who, whose was that? That was mine. I think that's, that was, uh, that's Mosky's. Yeah. That was the, uh, the runner-up with how many percentage? 13.6%. Yay to me again. Landslide. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Well, now I have to defend. Uh, I wonder who the next brewcaster challenge is going to be. I'm going to have to think about their quality. <laughs> and then if you go to grogtad.com slash Nathan, you can uh, find Nathan's beers there. And so the winner, like you said, was Washed Up Wit with 39%. Oh, not as votes. not so much of a landslide there. Label number six with 31%. Wow, close one. Was the uh, Master of Darkness Wit Beer. Who was that? Unicorns. With the unicorns. Who did that one? Possibly Susie, since she's not, since no one else or is saying Sam. anything. Or Sam. Could have been Susie or Sam. I don't yeah. think it was Sam. Sam's were demented. Yeah. They yeah. were demented. Was Sam's number one the rapist's wit? That was Sam. <laughs> it was supposed to be like rapier wit. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Get it? <laughs> that got 10% of the votes. That's from Dumb and Dumber. I, that was in third place. I prefer therapist's wit. <laughs> Uh, okay. And uh, witty, witty gang bang. <laughs> <laughs> witty, witty gang. And which was that for? Was that one for Tasty's? That wasn't anything. No, that one no. was just for the hell of it. Yeah. 
<laughs> witty, witty gangbang. <laughs> Sam. So oh, there God. you go. Uh, JP, which ones did you do? I did the uh, the Nate Wit, which was very clever. And what wildly, a Nate Wit. Wildly funny. Yeah. And then, um, what else did I do? Oh, I think I did the uh, the Hello My Name Is label where it, where it uh, you know has different things you can you can check off on like you know uh, you know me from the ass grab I gave you side boob city that whole one got it yeah okay it allowed me to be wildly funny and, and you know <laughs> much broader spectrum in a focused I'm glad focused how, how did that one finish in the competition uh, I don't think it voted I don't think it, it even showed up <laughs> it didn't garner a single vote no let's see it got uh, it probably got one 3.3% okay it showed up <clears throat> it showed up yeah how many times can one vote for themselves uh, right. only once <laughs> uh, okay vote often well done, everybody who participated in the Brewcaster Label Challenge. We'll be doing it again uh, for each challenge. Now, uh, we're about to get back into the beers in this one, but I just want to point out we will not be announcing the next Brewcaster Challenge until next week. So tune in next week. We'll give you the next two people uh, lined up uh, to get into this business. All right. So let's talk about these beers a little bit, guys. And what I wanted to point out is that as we were talking about them, um, and then once Nathan uh, was giving his imp- impression, I think it really came out. And and that was that A was just not as dry and and clean for that matter uh, in that in that dry kind of way uh, as as B was, and it just ever so slightly hindered. The, the flavors from being so crisp and present as as B had. You know, B was, was so well uh, attenuated and, and balanced in, in every way that all of the ingredients just really blended together perfectly for a nice, bright, dry wit. And A would, uh, uh, a would have had all of those qualities if it had just been slightly drier. And then it would have really been a crapshoot. Uh, so, Nate, you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, so everything in this beer went fabulously well up until pitching everything i did all i wanted to do for this beer and and nailed it and knocked out at about 64 degrees pitched at 64 degrees set the conical to 65 and just let it hang and every two days i would bump it up a degree i really wanted to control the ferment okay i didn't want sulfur really don't like sulfur that you can get from the season. I'm very sensitive to it and don't want 10 gallons of beer with sulfur in it. I which think is it tastes, something tastes you, like crap. Which but. is something you pointed out in B. Yes. Whereas, and, and I went back and tasted A lot of people it, are it. sensitive to that as me, though. I think yeah. you must be very. Although, once you pointed it out, I went and tasted it, and I, and I could pick it up, but honestly... It blended in so well with the spices uh, that I I just felt it was part of it. It makes the spices taste like celery to me in this style. Yeah, it does. Okay. I definitely I, got it. I like got a the, cooked yeah. celery thing. I got the sulfur in it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I wrote down on my... Actually, you have my notes. I wrote farty. Uh, <laughs> but that's that, that's just me. So I knew I didn't... I knew I wanted to do my own take on this style. So I was, wasn't going to try and over-engineer it. I was going to make a beer that I wanted to drink. So you warm up the fermentation ever so slightly. I warm so up the fermentation ever so slightly. So I got to the second temperature jump so i'm four days in now the thing went crazy and i got yeast in the blow-off tube and in the, as mind you b3 conical big giant blow-off tube and all that kind of stuff yeah first time I ever had yeast throughout that whole setup and so i think what happened was ended up you losing some of the best all, of the best all, all yeast, the yeast out of that oh and the beer conked out at 10 15 and what did you want it to finish at? i want to finish about 10 10 wow that would have been perfect or maybe 10 8 that would have been even better, like kind of in that range. I purposely kind of underbittered it because I wanted it to go also very dry. 
tried to set up the mash so that it would do that and all that kind of stuff. You know, didn't use any specialty grains, that kind of thing. Got it. Yeah, 14 days in the ferment. The thing is stuck at, well, no, I think 12 days in the ferment. The thing is stuck at 10, 15. Okay. Oh, crap. So let's rouse the yeast with pure CO2 from the bottom. Did that twice. Nothing. Not a thing. Won't move. It was By dry. now, the thing's at 70 degrees. I'm like, well, it's warm enough. If the yeast are going to be active, they should go. Okay. So I'm like, well, screw it. It's too sweet. I'm not going to like it like this. Like, let's. I got a fresh pitch of the Duval yeast, the 570. Grew that up on a stir plate. Dumped that in like the day before I got on a flight for NHC. Okay. That yeast is really alcohol tolerant. Doesn't flock very well. Can deal with maybe being pitched into a beer. Right? Okay. Yeah. So that brought it down to 1012. I'm like, all right, this is acceptable. I still want more than this, but by then it was like, if I'm going to have this thing ready and carbonated and for this show, it had to come out of the conical. And I'd already been in the conical for seven more days with the new yeast, so it wasn't going to go any, any lower. Got it. Thing. And I set the temp at 75. It sat at 75 the whole time I was at NHC. Well, Figured that would be enough to dry it out, but it, it still didn't go dry enough. So that was my one nitpick about the beer. I liked everything else about it, but it's not, it's not dry enough. Well, a couple of things. Had it come in at 10.15... There would have been a big difference here in oh, the yeah. voting, right? So you, what? A, that's a nice technique that you use to choose a yeast like that. Exactly. And in my wheelhouse, ten twelve, that's a victory. If I'm going for ten ten <laughs> and I get ten twelve, and but it's it goes to show that when it's when you're going against beers like this of this caliber, it's a subtle difference like that that can really because none of us went well. This wit's no good because it's too sweet. Right. It was really just. Compared to the other one that has all of that dryness, this one's a little sweet. Well, that's kind of what I loved about that happening. I was like, oh, this is good stuff for the show. Let's see how you could drive a fermentation after that and see where it goes. I may actually save some of this, and I got a, a pack of the uh, the Lambic blend. I'll okay. throw that on it and let it sit for a year, and maybe it'll be some kind of fun, interesting thing. But uh, Yeah. Um, so I suspect Tasty's attenuated down to single digits, or something along that range, versus original Gravity, so... Uh, what do you think, Tasty? No, it just went down to ten ten. Ten ten, yeah. Although I certainly gave it a chance to. Uh, I had a little uh, mishap in the fermentation. Uh, you did. Well, I my primary fermentation temperature I said is a sixty eight, so I cooled in at sixty six, and then I set it for sixty eight, and then uh, on day three I look at the fermentation uh, intensity, and I go, okay, I need to I think I think I like to raise it up to uh, seventy, right? So I go and change the uh, temperature controller to say 70 i had to put a heating pad on it to do that because my, my space is, is like ambient 65 well it, unbeknownst to me that uh the temperature probe it, it came off the uh, conical and uh so i just basically set it on the course from go to 70 to like 80 within like uh, <laughs> probably two days so it was free rise <laughs> free well, free no i was forcing it to rise oh god right right so i on day four i didn't take a gravity reading but i was probably 80% of the way to, to final gravity, yeah. the terminal. So the last, you know, 20% was like, you know, probably it was like, probably took a day to get it to go from 70 to, to 80. Uh, anyway, I go down there like three days later and I go like, holy shit, this, how hot is it? I can feel the side of the fermenter. Oh. Like, oh, Jesus, this thing's hot. So I put the, t- the controller, the probe back in, or on it basically, and uh, let it settle and it, yeah, it said it was 80 Okay. So then I immediately said, well, it's done fermenting. I mean, so I just took all the heat off and I actually uh, just let the ambient drive it for a couple of days and then I racked it off. Okay. But, yeah, I, I picked up a lot of sulfur on that last uh, 20%. So I, so I said, well, i got to hide this sulfur thing. So 
uh, and I originally had planned to spice it after the fact, and it, they spice it in the uh, yeah in the break tank. It's a good technique, I think. Yeah. So you know, I said, okay, well, I don't want to add any chamomile. I didn't have any chamomile in this beer with, at all. Okay. Uh, and I just had used a little bit of uh, of coriander in the in in the end of the boil. Um, so I wanted to do some you know orange zest. So I go out to my orange tree and uh, get a really ripe Valencia orange and nice. And I, uh, I, I uh, take the peel, just the peel, just the uh, uh, off half the orange. Okay. And I put that in uh, in a hop sack, sink it into one of the five gallon cakes, leaving the other untouched. Oh, I see. So you didn't even zest similar. the peel. You're just saying you took half a peel and, and half you zested an, half z- a peel. Zest half of an orange. Okay, you zested half. So I just took you know put yeah. an equator on it. Got it. Zested half and let the other half just whatever. Okay. okay. And I put that in into the uh, in the five gallons. Okay, leaving the other one un un nothing. Just I see where you're going with this. Smart move, right? Yeah. So you know, so uh, so yeah. Then I then uh, was it uh, was was it last night? Anyway, the night before maybe I you know I pour you know four ounces of each one. You know, put on a good movie. Uh, <laughs> rub one out maybe. And then, <laughs> yeah. And I. And I just start, you know, tasting like, you know, well, wow, the, the orange one had way too much orange. It was okay. way overpowering. And then the one that I didn't do, you know, had way too much uh, sulfur and uh, earthy character to it. That wasn't going to work either. I see. So I um, I just said, well, I, you know, so then I said, okay, I blended those, you know, wait till they got to the same amount in each glass, put the two together so I can see what a 50-50 blend would be. And I thought, yeah, that'd be about right. And then that's basically what I bottled uh, to bring today would be a 50-50 blend of those two. See, Tasty is the master in this way because he was really accounting for all of these mistakes that 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 could happen and a blend in this case. I mean, like like I you know, you said the sulfur appeared like Nate said it might oh, do. Oh, it's definitely there. Yeah. And I think your blend kind of results in 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 at least what I was saying where it just fit in in the end with mm-hmm. the taste. Uh, I did not find it any part of the sulfur offensive at all. Um and it wasn't brought up until Nate brought it up by any of the tasters. Yeah. No. Most, most people aren't as sensitive to it as me, which is one reason why I was really trying to avoid it. The yeast can can kick that out. But even if it was in your notes, JP, nobody brought it up as an off or, oh, or anything exactly. else. So, no, I, so that's kind of what I'm getting at is it was it was there. It was there. You I, picked it up. Nate picked yeah. it up. But it but it ended up blended in such a way. I, I don't think that it blended in with it. It stood out, but uh, I just decided not to... You know, I was trying to be very positive about things. I, I think blending is is key, and Tasty did that. I also did that for the final beer that we tasted with a pretty similar method for adding additional spices. I thought the beer straight almost didn't have enough orange, almost didn't have enough coriander. So I did a, a tincture for about 24 hours with fresh orange zest and fresh ground coriander. Got it. The kind of the thing that Scott was picking up is the orange Julius thing. I think a little bit of that was still coming through, even though it yeah. was a, a blend of both. So I bought... You did have a mountain of fresh orange flavor, but, yeah. you know, again, with the without the sweetness that was left behind a little bit, that would have been fine. Because I went from tasting Tasties and going, well, like, there's a nice orange flavor, to tasting yours and going... Well, there's even a nicer orange flavor. It's it was bigger, it's more pronounced, it's still nice, but uh again, just kind of got beat up by the It's too sweet still. Yeah. I'd never done a tincture before and that was uh, kind of something I think that's worth experimenting on in this style. You could take like 
pure neutral grain alcohol and basically let it sit for a day with fresh orange or coriander and then dump it into the keg before you keg and then kind of balance it out, just like Tasty was saying, between one keg with, one keg without yeah. for 10 gallons and then blend to the level you like. Okay. You know? What so, is this one? So this is That's my tasties. beer without any orange uh, zest in it. I so this see. is the... Can someone pass it over uh, maybe to the corner, No. That would be good. Oh, thank you. I like it better. I do too, actually. Yeah, I think it's better. I don't. No? Yeah, cause I get the... I get, you get this more, the odor more, because you don't have... No, I, I, got, I, got, I got more bitterness. I get more with farty. The, with, with, yeah. the, with the first yeah. round? It is more sulfur, but there's a vegetal thing that's lower to me. Yeah. You don't smell it. The, the smell is definitely definitely uh, more sulfur smell. Yeah, but I do like the finish in it better. You're right. It doesn't have. Uh, yeah. It doesn't have. Yeah, not vegetal. The vegetative. Yeah. And, and and that bitter uh, pith kind of. Right. It does taste a lot better. It's more spicy. Mm-hmm. That's what I was expecting. Tasty. You want to taste this uh, this beer that I brought without any orange and coriander added? That's yours as well, yeah. just without the orange coriander. Exactly. So, uh, spi- now, Tasty, sorry, you said you you did not add chamomile, but you did no. add coriander. Yeah, uh, just uh, three tenths of an ounce at uh, five minutes before flame out, which is a really small amount for my ten gallon uh, batch. And then nothing in post. You didn't no, have no, to do no anything. No more coriander. No more. I never did any. And that was the only spice, you know, aside from the orange peel. Yeah. Okay. And Nate, you did add both coriander and chamomile. <coughs> uh, coriander and orange. And no, orange, so no also chamomile. no chamomile for you. Yeah. Okay, and did either of you uh, for for the uh, the cloudiness, which we all commented was was really great in both of them? Did either of you use the flower trick? No, oh. I knew it would still be cloudy just from the yeast within a week or two of kegging, which we were going to taste on the show. Yeah, it so. w- it, it'll be clear in yeah. a week. Exactly. If it had to sit for a month or two, I think that's a good idea. Okay. But, yeah, that yeast wouldn't let that happen, especially if you use a big load of. Of you know flaked wheat, it's going to be cloudy. Did you have to shake up the keg or anything before you poured what you were going to bring today? No, it's it been sitting at way. thirty-five degrees for a week. Got no, it with no movement. Okay. Still cloudy. All right. Well, real quick, we're talking a lot about recipes here, and uh, if you want to do the same and be able to master your recipes, you can go to beersmith.com right now and get a free 21-day trial. Brad was uh, Brad Smith over there at Beersmith was a great sponsor. We got to see him at the National Homebrew Conference, a great sponsor of our Brewing Network anniversary party, and he really makes the, the absolute best uh, uh, brewing software out there. And so if you're really trying to dial in your system and your process and, uh, for that matter, make a record of, of your brewing, just like these guys have now, so we can talk to them about their beers. <coughs> Beersmith Brewing Software is just a fantastic way to do it. Go to Beersmith.com right now. Get your free 21-day trial. They also have mobile apps for uh, the phone and for iPad and for Kindle and for all of it. And um, it's all there at Beersmith.com. I, I really think you won't be disappointed. But luckily, you don't have to take my word for it because you get that free trial. Go check them out. Beersmith.com. All right, guys. Some good beers. This was a good challenge. Yes, it was. Um, oh, yes, that's fun. I never would have brewed one of these otherwise, I don't think. This was great. Yeah, I don't see either one of you guys brewing this. A couple questions came through uh, <laughs> from the, the chat here. Uh, Phil Brazil wants to know if any of you uh, bottle conditioned. Sounds like you didn't. I thought about doing it, but then when it didn't attenuate, I was like, well, that one's off the table. Now I was going to keg condition, but there was no point when it conked. I didn't know what I was going to get, so I had to forget it. I see. Oh, I oh, I get you. I was thinking maybe it would have helped you, but I see what you mean because it could have been inconsistent. It would have been inconsistent, and I thought it could have gone really low, yeah. overcarbonated the keg, screwed stuff up, or I may have added even more sweetness that couldn't have been attenuated, <laughs> and it was just forget it. Right. Okay. 
Uh, and Tasty, of course, you didn't uh, bottle condition either because you, no. d- you don't ever do that. I never do that. Yeah. Um, here's a question. I guess it's a... Uh, um, well, you didn't do it, but he wants to know what you would have done if you oh, did it anyway. He was on the phone, but yeah. he hung up, so never mind. Okay. The mm-hmm. after lab? I, oh, no. I'm talking about the one before that. Yeah. If you had added chamomile, <laughs> which you didn't, um, how much would you have added to a five-gallon batch if you were t- trying to be careful like you did with the with the coriander? You know? <laughs> it would depend on the chamomile. If I went to like an Indian... Uh market or something and picked up something that was really exotic i would uh i would think like uh, for five gallons uh an ounce might be about right i think okay. what do you think nate yeah it seems about right a, a listener who gave me advice about brewing this style i think said something in the order of f- maybe five to ten grams really small. Per five oh, gallons oh, that's but and that's even smaller that but um smaller. Yeah, and that was in added right at near flame outer within five minutes of the end. Okay. I don't really like that flavor in beer, so I decided not to go that route. Yeah. But if you wanted to, that's where you might want to do it, I think. Got it. You can over chamomile. Oh, I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, because you pass out asleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really nice. Get you all, right to sleep. Get you all chill. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, you can actually even open the chamomile tea bags and use that if you don't have access to better chamomile got it okay well i think we're going to find different things from every brewcaster challenge because we all have different brewing styles and different personalities i think one very cool thing about this one now that we've heard about the process and the fermentation is that you both had difficulties but excellent methods of of doing your best to contain them and to and to deal with them and i think that that's something that people can learn from uh nathan your advice uh, or knowledge about uh, going to a different yeast because we've talked about pitching uh, other yeast before yes. like i've asked tasty about it before with some of my stuck ferments yeah. and him knowing my abilities has essentially <laughs> said you know why don't you just give it some time and heat it up and let it right. wait but someone with your abilities going to something like a Duval yeast was really a great solution to get you a few more points it brought you much closer to the competition and was a good thing for us to learn from you yeah i also did a very small dry hop to give it maybe an impression of bitterness and to accentuate the orange stuff and oh a yeah bit more steering golding just a uh, half an ounce for 10 to 11 gallons or whatever in the ferment. Not enough you're going to notice it's a dry hop beer, but enough that it might give you the impression of a slight more bitterness. And Got it. I figured, what the hell, the thing's already kind of weird. Let's let's go in a different oh, direction think, with it. I think you just did that to make yourself feel better. I did that too, yeah. I really wanted to do something interesting with it. <laughs> I got to dry hop this. I got to dry yeah, hop No, the other thing I did with the spices too, which is kind of fun, that is worth playing around with this style, I think, too, is all the, all the spices went in the uh, hop back and did the spicing that way instead of doing it in the kettle. Sort of the thought being is that you want to preserve essential oils. Okay. And that's going to be one yep. method that you can hopefully do that and not volatize stuff off the kettle. So does but that mean essentially... It may not have helped me in this context. I don't know. <laughs> does that mean basically that all of your work passed through then uh, the, the spices in a vessel Correct. before going to the fermenter? Yeah, the Blickman Hop Rocket thing. Got it. Yeah, so I did that in, instead, of, instead of adding any spices in the kettle. That's a good choice. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting twist for people who want to play around with this style. Yeah. I just, in, in terms of the trying to fix stuff, and as, as Tasty did too, uh, with, with leaving another five gallons so that he could do a blend of any kind, you know, we've tried to do how to fix your beer shows. But because specific questions 
don't always come up that you guys have dealt with. The, the shows have, have never been real successful for us. We've had a tip or two here. But this, I think, was a great way for us to talk about how to fix your beer because you both uh, had a specific thing happen that you knew how to deal with and were able to help your beer in in, in small ways to to bring it to the competition. It's just a reminder that you can guide yourself along the whole process. Some people think that you can't change the beer once you pitch the yeast or maybe even once it's been in the keg, but there's ways you can blend or manipulate and change to get the desired effect. I don't think either one of them batted an eye about, oh, let's do this, let's no, do that. Because I'm an I probably killed all my yeast. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make that, and oh, it didn't turn out. Right. It didn't even occur to these guys. They just said, oh, it's this, well, let's do this, because I'm, I'm going to steer this stuff to where I want to go. Whereas during my brew, JP got a phone call, Doc got a phone call, Tasty got a phone call, everybody got a phone call when my shit started to go wrong uh, at different points to to figure out what the hell else to do. And you got a visit from Chad. And I got a visit from yeah. So I almost uh, texted Tasty. I was like, damn, this crap won't attenuate, man. What should we do? But mm-hmm. I figured I'd wait till the show would be more well, fun. Hey. But I specifically did that Tasty's with one of my Tasty's one of my go-to guys when I have questions. And, and mine too. Yeah. And because JP and I were, were doing the same beer, and even though it's a competition, the beer had already been brewed and things like that. I forget what it is now, but but something specific went wrong that I knew JP had the answer to, and I called JP. Yep. Even though he's a competition, he's not going to steer me the wrong direction. No, well, um, or did I? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did lose. Um, <laughs> but that's, again, I think we're going to get something different out of each challenge, um, because we're all at, at different levels uh, of brewers. You know, when we bring Moscow into this, uh, then, uh, you know... Uh, God, I hope he I hope he calls somebody. If he just gets it all right, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> if he doesn't have to call somebody for advice, uh, I'm going to be very upset. Um, okay, let's go to the phones real quick because we've got uh, Brad from Houston, and he's got a comment about the sulfur flavor. Brad, what's happening? So Brad. Hey, yeah, I uh, I brew a lot of Berliners, and uh, you get a lot of the sulfur flavor, uh, or the sulfur aroma, I should say, uh, going on in the Berliners. A lot of the time, and I got a real trick uh, for uh, getting rid of that uh, through the keg. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, what I'll do a lot of times with the Berliner is uh, uh, hook up the uh, gas outposts onto the uh, you know the, to the beer out. I should say the gas in to the beer out, and you can just kind of blow off the gas uh, through the through the beer and kind of blow that sulfur out oh, over about 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and that's just a real quick trick for getting rid of a lot of that sulfur. So uh, let me make uh, sure I understand. So gas into the beer out, and then you're, I guess you're opening the valve on the top of the keg. Yeah, you're and pushing, just, and pushing you're just, CO2 in through the bottom, basically. And just letting it just go ahead and scr- bubble out for, scrubbing out, yeah. for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, and that that just blows that sulfur sulfur right out of that beer, and that's a, a real quick trip uh, for getting that uh, sulfur out of the beer. I like it. Yeah, I was noticing too is the glass sat here from Tasty's beer. I was enjoying yeah, it more because yeah. the sulfur was gassing off. It did like, gas Sulfur up. will volatilize out pretty quick, yeah. and CO two is a good way to force that to happen. Got it. Does yeah. that technique work for getting rid of anything else? Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, you're stuck with those herpes. I'm, <laughs> I'm like you, Jay. So, so I I suck at brewing. So I I, I decided to just brew a bunch of uh, real funky beers. There you go. Uh, and so that's so it, it it does it for most of the funky beers like that. I love it. Thanks for the tip, Brad. Yeah, I'll try that. Not a not a problem. Cheers. Yeah, you got a, what? Do you got a whole other five I gallons? I got five with gallons some of sulfur beer. No, well, well, it's, 
It's got CO2 in it, too. I'll probably... Uh, lager beers. Uh, lager and, beers do the same thing. They, they pump off a lot of lot of CO, a lot of of CO, sulfur, and uh, I get a lot of emails about that. Uh, is this supposed to smell like this? Right. Because it, it smells nasty. Yeah. But it does scrub out. Now, clearly, you'd want to do it with an uncarbonated beer yeah, so ideally. that it's not just foaming. Right. It. right. And, and then you'll get much less foam. Probably a, a fairly low pressure because so, it'll still foam. Indeed. Uh, uh, low pressure. And then just, he said 15 minutes or so. It'd be a good thing to try. Uh, yours is already carbonated this time, Tasty? Yeah. Yeah. Well, next time around, and then uh, you can report back. That's a good piece of advice you, from Brad. Next time you build another wit. Yeah, I'll be making those all Sometimes the time. Uh, <laughs> Summer's what Doc, up. <laughs> what Doc said reminded me of the cold sheets, the real PO29 yeah, is yeah. kind of notorious for this. And that one, even at cold conditioning for a while, it will start to, the sulfur will dissipate. Yeah, it, it will dissipate. Uh, it scrubs it out. So sometimes just keeping it at 30, 33, 35 degrees for a month. And vent, venting the keg. Yeah. Every couple of days, you just vent the keg out of the headspace. It, it'll be fine. Yes, Bevo? Do you want these? Which I'm in <laughs> Which ones are they? They're it's theirs. They're I, the wit beers? I drank them and they were lovely, but I don't want to finish them. You you hardly even tasted them. Look at that. You have two full glasses. Yet I still decided that the winner was the best one. <laughs> do you not like wit beers or do you not like Tasty and Nathan? Uh, both. <laughs> um I don't really like wit beers. I see. You don't neither do I. But, it's easy to drink. Uh, but Tasty's I could drink that. I could drink at least a pint. So I'm in the other well, club here. I'm, I, I'm, you go I'm, Nate. I'm pro Nate. You could drink that. There's yeah. 10 yeah. ounces. But does anybody want these? Yeah. There's 20 ounces of Because I don't want them to go to waste. I just, I'm not going to drink them. They've been sitting there for an hour now. They're still cold. Okay. <laughs> are they cold or are they... They're cold. They're luke cold. Yeah. They're cold. All right. Guys, uh, uh, Tasty, <laughs> congratulations on your victory. Uh, both yes, of you, mm-hmm. uh, congratulations on two uh, very well-brewed beers. And uh, thanks for teaching us about wit beer and and some brewing process in the process. Even though one of you had to be a loser. So he's a loser. I'm used to it. It's fine. It, uh, Nate, I, I don't even feel it anymore. Now, with, with Nate, <laughs> with Nate at, at six to five... Uh, I also got some good points in the betting pool, didn't I, Moscow? Because the underdog, I voted for the underdog and won. Yes. Anybody, who else voted for Tasty? Uh, you, Beave, and myself. Got it. So the three of us got some points in the betting challenge, which will also tally and carry forward through. Uh, I'll have Moscow give us a full report uh, next week when we choose the new Brewcaster Challenge at where the rest of us are in uh, the betting challenge so as well. So if, if I selected JP as the winner last time also, doesn't that make me... I'm doing pretty good. Well, no, I was the underdog, I think, oh. the last time. Or did yeah. we call it even? No. I think we called it... I was the underdog. No, it wasn't even. Uh, yeah. It was only something like three to two three, or something. Correct. So yeah. you got less points than you would have had you voted for me. Although, had you voted for me, you'd have gotten nothing. And, <laughs> so, ex- precisely, yeah. and at the end of this voting pool thing... Yes. What exactly am I going to win? Well, you're, you're going to lose, for one. Okay, yeah. well... So there's that. That's... Ridiculous. But I'm likely to but... win an all-expense-paid trip um, to Martinez. <laughs> Score <laughs> for the paint party. For the paint party Can when I they say come the repaint. Can the roadway in? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What What are the expenses when you visit Martinez? Parking meters. Well, I'll tell you what. They're a lot more expensive than you think because as soon as you buy something, they fuck it up and you have to pay twice for it. So <laughs> yeah. it's it's really quite expensive. And if you take too long, you get a, t- a parking ticket because everything is metered here. Yes. And you get de-lousing. As you, we, I will throw in a free de-lousing. Oh. Do they? Do they? 
do they de louse you here or do they just louse you? Well, no, <laughs> they louse you. Guaranteed yeah. to be loused. I will throw yeah. in a de lousing okay. right. to, the, to the winner. Okay, fair. Especially because it's going to be me. Yeah. We can mm. play, we can play, uh, you know, find the homeless person. It'll be good. Right. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do some feedback and wrap things up. Once again, congratulations to Tasty for winning the second Brewcaster Challenge. We'll be right back. It's the session. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Did you know the Brewing Network's very own Code Writing Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri? The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I 70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays, 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build your own six pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard to find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolfbrow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolfbrow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com 
All right, BN Army, it's trivia time. What's the only homebrew shop with over 1,000 recipe kits, $4.99 shipping on orders over 100 bucks, and is also home of the Wolf Shirt? The one and only answer is Austin Homebrew Supply. For over 20 years, they've specialized in creating recipes such as the best-selling Texas Blonde Ale, Apocalypso, Hot Bomb 2.0, and Double Chocolate Stout. And they just recently unveiled their small grain kits that produce one gallon of beer. Visit Austin Homebrew homebrew.com to browse their extensive catalog of equipment and ingredients. They also have many clone recipes of your favorite commercial beers. They're the exclusive retailer of Brewvent Yeast Fuel as well, Yeast Nutrient, and the all-new Bodybuilder. Follow Austin Homebrew Supply on Google Plus to participate in video hangouts on popular brewing topics. So visit austinhomebrew.com today and make sure you sign up for their weekly email with news and specials. Austin Homebrew Supply, austinhomebrew.com. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's so. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, Another great brewcaster challenge under our belts. We got a few more to do this year, so uh, this is fun stuff. Good way to learn about beer and um, not much shit talking out of the tasty and Nathan <laughs> challenge. I didn't think there would be. They're too nice. Uh, no, they just didn't know shit about wit. <laughs> we don't. You know what wit rhymes with? <laughs> <laughs> right. Legit. Uh, all right. Wonderful time there. Uh, a couple of things we have to get to. Uh, one of them is to remind you uh, that our wonderful sponsor, Adam and Eve, has a lot of great things for you. You can go to adamandeve.com and get uh, uh, 50% off just about any item. Free shipping. Three free adult DVDs from uh, anal and Asian and uh, Korean airline pilot. Uh, that's rude. It's a genre. Too soon for that Big genre? Big tits. Big butts. It is far too soon for that genre. Sorry. Um, you can get butt plugs, too. There's a butt plug genre oh, that you could actually get. By. <laughs> Duck had a butt plug at any time. Duck yes. gave my baby the butt plug he, he had. I, don't think he's, I think he actually handed the butt plug to your baby. Well, it's a small gauge. I mean. Inappropriate. Uh, it, oh, it, 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 that actually was a big gauge. Uh, by my, uh, 
experiences. <laughs> right. Yeah, any, yeah. Anything larger than a noodle? <laughs> that's pretty large. That's I don't know what gate. surfaces Every, you guys roll in. It was black and new. Where did you get it? Uh, Grodd, actually. He just handed it to you? Well, it was on his table next to his plate. Are you sure that it was new? Wow. What was he doing with that? I didn't ask. Baby, touch that! You just took it and handed no, it they, and they, smelled it. Butthole touch. That's they, how Grad rules. Uh, they they, told, they they assured me that it was brand new out of the box. Uh huh. And you believe who's it. they? Yeah, and what uh, and box? Who? I mean, <laughs> yeah, brand new out of the Grad and Brutat. The yeah, two Gra- most and Brutat, exactly. Just, reliable just little, Yeah, Brutat. <laughs> Don't worry, it just came out of a box. Yeah. <laughs> Smelled like it. Oh, heavens. Whose box? Anyway. Or at least near one. You can get your own butt plug over at adameve.com. You probably get it for 50% off. I know you can get free shipping on it, and you can get three free adult DVDs while you're at it. Just use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y over at adamandeve.com. And listen, believe it or not, they're a sponsor, and they really support this program. So if you need your adult things, you don't want to go to the creepy local store, go to adamandeve.com and use coupon code BNARMY. Do it now. All right. It's time to do... Uh, Feedback? Feedback. A little feedback. Just a little. I I should a lot. Let's kick him ass. Do the feedback song. I don't think you should. We should get a new song. Feedback song. No. So? Okay. <laughs> okay, we can as long as it's a bluegrass. Another bluegrass. Uh, all right. Feedback's brought to you today by The Brewmeister. It's a new homebrew shop that support. Well, they're not a new homebrew shop. They're a new supporter of the BN. They're a homebrew shop in Folsom, California, and they would like your support. So much so that you can go to uh, their, their website, the Brewmeister, uh, I think it's shopbrewmeister.com, um, search the Brewmeister, and uh, use coupon code BNARMY, and you'll get 10% off your first order. And, you know, they really want you to use this coupon code. In fact, Eric called me and said, hey, I really want people to use the coupon code, so please let them know. Coupon code BNARMY, 10% off over at the Brewmeister, Shop. Brewmeister, uh, check that for me, will you, Moscow? Make Easy sure I have this uh, uh, website. I think it's shopbrewmeister.com. Um, and uh, they're good guys. Eric over there was also a supporter of the BYOB TV television show that we did. That was the last time he was involved with the Brewing Network. And he's a nice dude. And he's got a couple locations up there in Folsom. But they do ship, uh, so you know you can do your online ordering. And I know that you guys support some other homebrew shops too. We appreciate your support of each and every one of them. Um, but in some ways, you know, you get a coupon code. I say go use it. Why not go get your ten percent off over at shopbrewmeister.com is correct there we go coupon code BN Army check it out and uh, let's do some feedback oh my god you've got mail kick ass I have to say it's the most positive uh, chunk of feedback we've ever gotten um, are they still drunk from NHC or what's up <laughs> it must be maybe it was coined during NHC apparently in this fickle world of beer radio we are back on top we're according, back baby according to uh, this beer you know the numbers uh, you can't trust those it's all about what the feedback says and, uh, <laughs> yeah see and this week the feedback says we are back to it Brandon writes in dear Justin and crew I just want to say that I really enjoyed the Brewcaster challenge segments and the Dortmunder lagering experiment at one point you had mentioned maybe putting the recipes on the forum. I was thinking you could have the brewcaster upload the Beersmith file to the Beersmith recipe section in the forum. This may be something you're not interested in, but it seemed like a good idea to me. What do I know, though? I consider JP funny. Thanks for all you guys do. Cheers from Brandon, uh, who's a corporal in the BN Army Unicorn Mounted Division, uh, Mounted Division in Apex, uh, North Carolina. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, it's, it I've be started. Ch- I've started messing around with this, and I'll put the the loser washed up wit up there as long as as well as the other stuff I've talked about on the show recently. I have about four or five there so far, so listeners can look in the forum. In the forum. In the forum, a link to the Beersmith Cloud site thread. Okay, there we go. So we'll do that. Also, I know uh, Brad had asked me about putting some other of our recipes in an actual Beersmith. You know, you can share recipes over there, and you can do it by brand, essentially. And, and I think we're going to get a Brewing Network one over there, so we'll we'll try to team up on that. I'll get on it. Tag um, team. That'd be an easy way to find it. Yeah. Uh, both would be great recipes, by the way, as long as you don't fuck it up like Nate did. Right. Exactly. You know. Uh, all right. Elliot writes in, Brewcasters, for what it's worth, I like the soundboard, minus the laugh track. Cheers from Elliot. There you go, Mosky. Um... Here we go. Here's a summary because I know no one likes reading. Uh, I think, uh, one, I think the session is better than ever. Two, kill Drunk of the Week. It's painful to listen to and feels forced. Three, bring back the soundboard, except for the the clap track. Uh, Four, Moscow's doing a great job. He's constantly trying to add new segments and content, most successfully bookings uh, and bruise line. Um, He's a great addition to the show. Uh, Five, JP is the best part of the show. Uh, Anyone who thinks JP is just negative and hates homebrewers is a stupid fuck. Uh, they're probably the same people who made the I Am a Homebrewer video. <laughs> Seriously, the show's great. Don't let a few get to you from Bob. Thank you, Bob. Um, Bob. Said from my Nokia 5110 writes in, uh, I have to personally thank JP for all the great information he has pre- presented in all the shows that he appears in. What? I don't know where that came from. Me neither. This, but, but you are, you're sure he's not talking about John Palmer? This might be one of those confused John emails. Palmer. Oh, it might be, actually. Let's go on and find out. All right. Uh, Moscow has done so much for the BN since he took over as producer. I can't say I love the soundboard, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, See you in hell, drunk of the week. That is one of the most boring segments filled with the same idiots every week. It is funny when drunk people call in, but it's painful to listen to the beers people have drank or say they have drank. Keep up the good work. So drawn and all that, blah, blah, blah. BN Sergeant sent for my no uh, All right. I think it was for you. I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I, all right, Thanks cool. Thanks for all I, the information. I appreciate it. You're like, even I don't defend myself that way. Right. Right. But I, I had to put it in for, you know, feedback. That's cool. Ben writes in, uh, here's one listener who finds the soundboard really annoying. The stupid fake cheering, blah, 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 blah. All right, fine. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Uh Sent from my Samsung tag- tablet writes in, uh, I just want to st- I want to start off by saying uh, I had to pause the Victory Brewing Show, and thank you for standing up for JP like that. Wow. Too many people like to jump on the bash JP train, and while some of his uh, one-liners sure. caused me to figurative- figuratively roll my eyes, I believe him to be a great asset to the network. In addition, I really like his new show, Dr. Homebrew. Uh, have him remind you to give him another on-air pat in the back. I did already, too. Yes. Uh, speaking of content, I really appreciate you guys bringing homebrew back to the session. It never left, but you're welcome. Uh, the Brewcaster <laughs> Challenge is a great piece, and I look forward to the weekly updates. Um, I've been a listener since '09, and feel you guys are constantly improving. P.S. Drunk of the Week sucks. Too many people seem to be faking it now, and uh, the segment just feels forced. All right, there you go. Sent from my penis writes in, uh, <laughs> bros and best pals ever. Epic show last week, uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, best feedback segment ever. I was dying. For the record, I'm in the get rid of the drunk of the week crowd. Let it happen naturally, if at all. Also, tell Moscow to keep his head up. I'm sure most of the harsh criticism he received was from people trying to be funny. That's no excuse for him to go all emo on us, though. <laughs> uh, but the show has been really good lately. Keep it up. So glad you are my besties sent from my penis. All right. Best buddies. 
Chris from Northern New York writes in. I just wanted to write and said what a great time I had at BNA8 and NHC. I saw almost all of your live podcast and and saw how hard you guys work. When not podcast, don't let the word out about that. By the way, yeah. When not <laughs> podcasting, all of you guys and gals were working hard. I got to meet a bunch of your crew and I made sure to give them praise. Uh, I also observed how many people were tracking you guys down to shake your hands to say thank you and give you the crap about the club winning club of the year award. Uh, I will mention that after the feedback. We didn't get too much crap. Uh, you were all very appreciative and courteous, except Push. I told him that he was working really hard. He told me my mom was working hard. <laughs> I told him my mom died of cancer to one-up him. He said, good. <laughs> oh, I, I don't really know whether to laugh or beat him down. <laughs> Suck it, Push. And then he questions, Push one, me zero? Chris from uh, North, <laughs> Northern New York. Yeah, Push, one of the nicest guys in brewing, sometimes loses his filter entirely. And, and really has no idea, especially when he goes overboard. He doesn't know how to come back from it. Right. So he just goes, yeah, well, fuck your mom anyway. Right. You know. So there you have it. Uh, all right. And finally, the Todd writes in, I wanted to send a written thank you to you and Northern Brewer for a fantastic dinner and party at BNA8. The food, beer, and mead were all fantastic. Thanks to the Trophy Fire, uh, the BN Band, and especially those incredible kids from the School of Rock as well as other performers whom I apologize for not remembering their names. Uh, My wife and I met some great people who greeted us throughout the week like long-lost friends every time we saw them. Uh, We're really fortunate to have such a great and welcoming national club like the BN Army, in addition to our uh, local clubs. You know, I got to say that he's right about that. The BN Army Club, uh, it being so national, is really full of a bunch of good people. And before you know it, everybody's a best friend. You know, at that just at not that on conference. Facebook. Just not on Facebook for like right. four days. That's fine. But check this out. The Todd goes on to say, and I, I really need the backstory on this, and I don't have it. He says, uh, but most of all, a very special thank you to the little cutie who hit on my wife for the last half hour or so of BNA8 and tried to talk her way into a threesome with us. Uh, sadly, it did not come to pass, but I was able to get a little three-way goodbye kiss out of the deal, and my spank bank is fully loaded for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. Part so, of me doubts if this was five what? years ago, it would, I would doubt because who, where's the cutie at NHC? But nowadays, there's cuties, yeah. and also we had some hired cuties. So I wonder, not not hookers, uh, but people who were working the door, oh. like the entry door, and the. I'm just it's getting worse. Uh, we had some hot people working the event. Yes. Not as prostitutes. No. And I wonder if it was one of those little cuties. But as escorts. It could have been some other cutie, too. That's right. There were a couple there. I hope it wasn't one of the 14-year-old cuties in School of Rock. <laughs> Maybe it was. Uh, that's why Spank Bank is full. <laughs> but that... Now, that's a great compliment right there. Yeah. I didn't get any almost three-way action. Hell no. And we put it on for fucking... Yeah! Sake. Where's our three-way goodbye kiss? Right! You, we, me, and Moscow, right now. We just get it from dudes. Right. Yeah, I do. I got some you know. cool one-way action. <laughs> <laughs> you did? <laughs> From who? Me? Me. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just go to the Back hotel, at your room that night. Yeah, fold a pillow in half and go to town. <laughs> Get some cool one-way action. Yeah. You can grab another pillow and, and try to... You, you can use a pillowcase and you just talk to yourself like it's a puppet. Oh, you're really rocking that pillow over there. <laughs> Doc, can I get some of that action, please? You gotta wait your turn. No, I need it right now. It's a pillow. I love you so much. I love you too, Sock. You know, the pillow and Sock threesome. <laughs> it's the new way yeah. for lonely uh, fat dudes. <laughs> get some action. They're all white. <laughs> oh, boy. All my socks are black, actually. So mine would have been an interracial three-way pillow action. Uh, pillow sock uh, action. That's not bad. I'm sure there's a Adam and Eve credit category on that. Ah. <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> all right. Well, that's your feedback, and thank you for all the kind words. Uh, I did need to give uh, a nice shout to the, the BN Army for, uh, I don't know why I didn't do it in the beginning of the show. I was trying to get to our Moonlight segment. But once again, for the third year in a row, the Brewing Network Club has won Club of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Quaff went into the second round with more points than us. But once again, the BN, uh, the the Brewing Network guys brewed some great beer and won a whole bunch of medals in the second round. Yeah. We got to cheer for a lot of people. In fact, at least one of them, um, who I know he won a gold medal, and I know he won uh, a Entered under the Brewing Network, it didn't even register as the Brewing Network. Oh, really? So yeah. I'm not even sure that his points registered in the win. Uh, and that's how many nice medals were done in, in the second round. Yeah, he, he even said, uh, I did register under Brewing Network. He told me, yeah. So Quaff had a, had a great chance of coming in and beating us there in the second round. But once again, the beers of the brewers of the Brewing Network uh, prevailed, and you guys kicked some ass, and you should be proud of yourselves. Um, you know, there was, once again, as always, just a little booing in the room and a, and a little silence. But overall, it was pretty supportive uh, across the interwebs and, and even in that room right there. And in fact, uh, one of the guys from Quaff came up to me with a big smile on his face. And he said, man, you know, we really gave it a run. We were, we were gunning for you. And, and they were even yeah. working some of the rules, you know, entering, uh, you know, where they Multiple, can. Multiples. And, um, and also, not that, by the way, we don't really play the rules. We just happen to, to be part of the rules because we're spread out all over the country. So right. we can just get guys entering in their local region. Um, but Quaff did the same thing, entered all over. And like I said, he, he was a real cool sport about it and just said, you know, we're going for it, man. We're not going away. And I said, good. you got to bring it because this club's tough. And these guys are brewing some good beer. I also, and I did it uh, at the competition itself because I was really quite proud of, of the guys. And I've been watching them grow since literally the day I started the Brewing Network. But the guys in Doze, once again, came in uh, with a with a real point deficit. Uh, in, in they did they did very well in the first round, but just not as well as Quaff and the Brewing Network. So y- you guys were short something like seventy or eighty points, like that you, that you had yep. to make up for. Yet there were tons of Doze medals in that second yeah. round. So much so that I think you ended up scoring second place above Quaff despite a 70 or 80 point deficit yep. going in. Is that right, Nate? Second place? Yeah, Doze 150 points, Brewing Network 218, Quaff 124. And I think that that deserves a, a, a real mention about, again, if I'm going to talk about what good beers the Brewing Network Club is brewing, I better damn well talk about what good beers guys like Doze are brewing if you're doing so well in the second round like that. Because that's where it's real tough. We're such a small club, too. Yeah. We're... we're Forty members? Well, no, we're forty-five. Uh, I think we're about seventy paid right now. Seventy. We've grown, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. but and not everybody entering either. Just no, like in no, the I would say club, but twenty-five people enter. We, uh, we got people that don't even brew. Got it. Yet they go. Oh, I, I, I wanted to brew. They want to come to our meetings and learn before they even brew. Right. Yet. But we're, we're not a two hundred person uh, type club. No, no. And it's I. I I just got showed that I didn't know we came in second. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know till Nate was talking. Even before I knew that, I could you know, just without doing the math. Because let's face it, I'm not going to do the math. <laughs> just watching the names come up over and over again there at the awards ceremony, yep. I just was real proud and and just wanted to point out that you guys are kicking some ass. Keep at it. You can beat us. You guys can do <laughs> it. You guys are killing it. 
And you're brewing some great beer. I always, I never know how the Gambrinus Award, I mean, I, I sort of know, and then I forget, and then it, it's complicated, but I, I'm a little surprised you guys didn't get the Gambrinus Award. It must have been close uh, with that one. Because I think that one is clubs under a certain level that's much lower than 60, 75, maybe 20 or less, but I, I see. I probably have it half wrong, yeah, I don't so know don't quote yeah, me on that. I don't know what the, what the threshold is on that. Yeah. One. Bevo, you just tell me about the phone, or you got something else for me? I was just going to comment on the beers. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just, I agree with you. The um, the uh, Brewing Network beers. I went to I went to club night and uh, had some interesting beers <laughs> from yeah. the clubs. Yeah, one of which I'm certain was made with actual balls. <laughs> um, but I didn't have a single bad one at our at our booth, and I really think that uh, the guys deserved props. Yeah, I heard nothing good. Or nothing but good about the BN booth. Yeah. Every Real balls. So we had the Brewing Network <laughs> Sweaty uh, balls. A club night booth just like everybody else. And yeah. brewers from all over the country showed up with beer to pour there. And they were awesome, awesome beers. So I, I definitely would challenge anybody who doesn't like the, the, the Brewing Network Club to, to taste our beers. Uh, because they're, you know, they're not winning for nothing. Um, and it, I, I just, it was a proud moment for me, and I didn't feel the need to give any more explanations about us being a club or anything else. I think we're well established. So all I could do on that stage was say congratulations for doing what you guys did, and I'm doing it again now. Uh, keep it up. Keep it up, boys. I, I do have a, a song was submitted about <laughs> the, uh, the Brewing Network Club from Sugar Valley Brewer. Um, it's called Three Years in a Row. <laughs> And, uh, I wonder what it's about. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> yeah, let's play it. Why not? Well, we really didn't want to. We didn't try that hard. They limited our entries to twelve per card. We limit our meetings each year to one. Have to be at the conference to take the trophy home. Yeah, we won it anyway Three years in a row We're the homebrew champions We stole the show Never called out for entries We still came in first Gary made the announcement It's the Brewing Network It's a good old country song We've always cheered the winners Feel good Another club won too they are all the brewing brothers. They would don't write the rules. <laughs> if another club had won it, that'd been okay. I'm just waiting for a line Beer about titties. I want to hear something about your butt. I'm sure he's got some land in there. The I don't. I don't know. If we're gonna get it. Oh. But there's always next year. Said but the clubs can say. Surely then we'll beat them. Put them in their place. What makes so hard now? And here's the cold hard fact: we've gotten our ass kicked by the no talent hacks. <laughs> yeah, we won it anyway. That's what everybody's so angry about. Three years in a row. We're the idiots. Yeah. We're the homebrew champions. Again, we stole the show. Never called out for entries. Still came in first. Gary made the announcement. It's the Brewing Network. There you go. Congratulations, Brewing Network. I had a guy interview me at Club Night from some magazine. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. He oh. comes in and he just starts in, just starts grilling me with these clearly one-sided biased questions. They're all like, uh, and 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 when I would give him the answer, he he would question me, um, and he. He he start. He said, "Hey, can I ask you a couple of questions about this club of the year?" He doesn't introduce himself as a as a journalist yet, and I go, "Yeah, go for it." You know, and he and he asked a couple like, uh, you know, how how big is the club? And I hear you guys are up to win again. And and he goes on, and after a little while, he goes, "Okay, well, I'm a reporter, uh, you know, for I forget what magazine, and I'm just I'm just writing about it." Okay, cool. So he goes on, and and he he asks you things like, um, you know, so uh, who started the club? You started the club, right? No, I, I didn't start the club. What? Really? You didn't start the club? <laughs> and this is where I start the club. I was like, you're a reporter. Uh, that's right. You asked me a question. I did not start the club. Well, who did? I don't know who did. You don't know who did? I don't know who started the club. Well, who does know? Well, I've never registered a club before, but I imagine that the AHA might know because you have to submit your club to them, and there's probably a representative. So so the AHA knows who started the club. I think so. And he, it goes on like this for a while, and finally I'm like, you know, listen, guy, I don't mind answering your questions. I don't have anything to hide. But for a journalist, you're awful one-sided. Why don't you just get to the point? I mean, would you like to tell me that we're not a real club or something? No, no, no. I just like to ask the tough questions. The tough over and over. <laughs> and I'm just over. thinking, you don't like to ask the tough questions. You like to ask one-sided questions. Well, to him, the and that's t- fine. Just let me know. To him, the tough question is questioning your response. That's the tough, <laughs> that's question. The tough question. Do you really want to let me know? Do you really want me to let you know? And okay. finally, after being gracious for all, I was just like, I gotta go, man. Ask me anything you want, but don't fuck with me. So, Justin, how do you feel about your dirty win? <laughs> Yeah, like it was, yeah. those were the in the end, those were the questions. Yeah, and I was, uh, it was odd. I'm writing. I'm the magazine is Gary Johnson dot blogspot. <laughs> no, he said it was like a. I don't know. I, I don't want to quote who it was because I'm. I was half drunk and Time I don't magazine. remember. Magazine when you blog. You receive your award, but like the listeners, blood dripping from your hands. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about that? Well, listeners, keep an eye out for it because. I'm very curious at how he spins my answers. You know, clearly there was an agenda. He was very agitated at answering my hard-hitting, journalistic, integrity-filled questions. But I got to the hard answers, listeners and readers. And really, club night is the best time for you to yeah. find a place to do find well, the yeah. time to do an interview. That's oh, that yeah. place is a train wreck. It was a train wreck, and like <laughs> he didn't even pull out his pad of paper to like halfway through. I'm telling you, the whole thing was based on. And I don't mind that, but you gotta don't fuck with me. Don't lie right. to me about it. Do you think he was really a journalist and maybe just not another guy from a club trying to like figure out? He had a pen and a notepad halfway or, through. Or that makes him a journalist. He was like, oh, that, yeah, that's he was right. like that Joker with the, with the camera. Yeah, Did you take a picture. His he camera was broken though. But I gave. I stand there for ten minutes till finally I'm like, why do I feel like I have to be polite to everybody? Why do I do this? This guy clearly ha- has it all written out in his mind anyway. I, I'm not an integral part of this conversation. <laughs> I, I don't even need to be here, and and that's when I finally was just like, I gotta go, man. Just I gotta go write whatever you want. Tasty. None of this, none of none of what I'm saying matters. Should have punched him in the stomach. And then I punched him in the stomach. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's go. To I'm leaving. Uh, Todd wants to ask about Doctor Homebrew. Oh, Todd. Bebo says he also might be drunk. Uh, Todd, <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> might be. Well, I might be drunk because I've been drinking New Belgium rampant since, I don't know, lunchtime. What kind of beer is that? I've never had it. The rampant New- kind? Double IPA? 
the rampant kind. It's a double IPA from New Belgium. Okay. It's fantastic. All right. I'll look if out for you, it. If you get a nice sack of hops from Nico Brew, rip open the bag, that's what it tastes like. <laughs> All right. Not bad. All right, Todd, you got a question? Well, I just wanted to say, you know, Dr. Homebrew is one of the best shows that's coming on the BN, and I'm looking forward to sending in some beers. Great. Uh, my local club oh. did a five-barrel batch of Southern English Brown, and we split it between about 30 people. I've got uh, two fermenters going, one with Edinburgh yeast and one with Nottingham yeast, and looking forward to getting on the Dr. Homebrew sometime in August. All right. I'm sure that's J- okay with JP. JP, is that all right with you? <laughs> yeah, it's totally fine with me. Send your info to JP at thebrewingnetwork.com. He'll get you on the show. They need beer, so. The Dr. Uh, Homebrew. We're yeah. actually booking out through October right now. Great. Yeah. Keep booking it. Um, all right. Thank you for the call, Todd. Thanks. <laughs> so, JP, did you get your degree from uh, University of Phoenix? <laughs> Dr. Homebrew. Doctor? It's not me. I'm not Dr. Homebrew. Uh, Who is? It's the collective. You're all, did you all get your degrees from the University of Phoenix? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, two of us from IT Tech. But, but <laughs> I don't want to talk te- about it. One of us, healed yeah. institution. And, and, and Wyotech. Yeah, one yeah. of them. And one from Wyotech. Yeah. He just works on the car. It has that UCLA, USC, you know, air to it. Right. You know, <laughs> the, healed in Wyotech. The rivalry? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying my idea. I... Because I didn't. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. Uh, I also got a song... From Sugar Valley Brewer about Drunk of the Week. Yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, the uh, all of the comments, well, it's interesting. Um, most of the comments I got at NHC about Drunk of the Week agreed that the, the segment has jumped the shark and that it should go away. Yeah. The comments to the contrary were comments that actually mirrored what I said, which were, you can't get rid of Drunk of the Week. Why don't you just take? Why don't you just continue to take drunk calls? And if anybody's really drunk and funny, then they could be drunk of the week. Thanks for listening. In, in which I said that is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> that wow. In why didn't I? Why didn't said, I think of that? Yes. Well, <laughs> how many times did we go? Oh, we still have to do drunk of the week, and I watch your face go. Oh. <laughs> and that's what a lot of the comments were like. They're like, we can hear in your voice. But also they were like, it's not just you guys. It's painful for us, too. So once again, um, the official Drunk of the Week contest where we do it at the end of every show and we wait for people to call in drunk has been eliminated from the program. Yeah. That's right. Has it, it been mothballed? It can come back. Well, sometime? no, I what? shit on it and put it put it away in a Ziploc bag. It, it, it's gone as an official segment. However, we are happy to take drunk right. calls from people, and if you have actually earned drunk of the week, if you call in and you're interesting and you're and you're kind of drunk and you're and we're able to have some fun with you, like I can ask you to pee on your wife and you'll do it. I'm not taking any of that out of the program. Yeah. If that happens, uh, you might still win drunk of the week, but there there, there will not be an official. Let's wait around for calls or anything else. So I encourage you, if you're drunk and and entertaining, to continue to call into the program at the end of the show. Yeah, Bevo not will screen in your the calls. Of yeah. the segment. And Bebo will give me the option of taking the call or not. And uh, I do like talking to drunk people. I just don't like the whole structure of the thing. And I, I that's wanna, what's gone. I want to get away from the dangerous stuff. Like, 
well, was it riding a motorcycle in the garage? <laughs> Shooting the gun. Uh, yeah, I, I don't they mind. They were some of our best, well, but you're right. Yeah, but uh, knocking on the neighbor's door. Right. That's, that's, if you get shot, that's your fault. <laughs> uh, but that's all good. But yeah. Eh. Yeah. Let the, let the 14-year-old drive you to the store for more beer. <laughs> right. Okay, so that's the deal with Drunk of the Week. Here's a song from Sugar Valley Brewer about Drunk of the Week and where it's gone. How many times call in before he wins Drunk of the Week? The old Steve-O have no liver left. Now their chances are gone up the Got a tear in my eye. It's too fucking late. Justin's canceled the segment. <laughs> the answer is it's too fucking late. <laughs> Drink all you want. Piss in your pants. Your efforts are now for naught. Heart. Back to the years when you had your chance And the D.O.T.W. medal that you saw The answer, my friend He kept it around for years You should have called and hammered while you had a chance Amen <laughs> There'll be something good Put in its place. Justin hasn't let us down yet. Oh, Often. It's what he does best. The show will keep on a kicking. And JP keep losing boner chicken. <laughs> <laughs> the answer, my friend. He kept it around for years. You should have called in Hammer when you had a chance yeah there you go uh, brought a tear to my eye <laughs> he can teach uh, that guy some rock and roll licks though I'll tell you that he, he's a soft man he's a soft hearted man I, I, can he sing at Tasty's funeral <laughs> I think he should <laughs> yeah I just fall asleep he does have a song about Tasty he was, that's, isn't that what he's going to sing at Tasty's funeral I think that's it Where is that's uh, my request so far you mean he's got to <laughs> sing this at Tasty's funeral oh you got it right there yeah I remember the year the Tasty McDole died. <laughs> they said for the last two weeks that the party was wild. <laughs> it made a big impression on me, although I was miles away. They said he got religion at the end. I'm glad he went that away. We'll see about that. Just a good old boy. Just <laughs> down home river and the land. Proved it tonight. He taught us how to brew Janice Brown and do them one night stands. <laughs> 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 and wondered why tasty a beer of expert brewing machine never took his brew stand and brewed his beer commercially. Anyway, so there's already a song for the funeral. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> all, you, all you gotta do is die. <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's on you now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 
if you want to get to the next level in your fame, just die. Yeah, yeah just my die. biggest thing ever. Just belly flop into the river out there. The river. Be, well, be a sewer runoff. Sorry, be a, be a floater. I do like the uh, not a sinker. <laughs> we can't really sink in the in the water. Right. Yeah, there's nowhere to sink. Well, in the dip. mud. Uh, yeah. Just well, if you sink, you're you're not a witch. But if you float. You're a witch. I see. <laughs> I do like the drug of the week tribute, uh, especially like the first chorus. It's too fucking late. <laughs> too fucking late. You should have fucking done it. It's too fucking late. And we should make shirts. Drug of the week. It's too, too fucking, fucking late. late. Uh, or, or, and it should be done in Moscow's voice. <laughs> really? It's too fucking late. Or, <laughs> really? Or, or just that big circle with the cross. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, Uh, once again, congratulations to the Brewing Network Club, and um, I'd like to thank uh, Michael Fairbrother for being on the show from Moonlight once again. I'd like to thank our Ninkasi winner, David Barber. I'd like to thank Tasty and Nate for participating in the second Brewcaster Challenge, and once again, congratulations to Tasty, uh, the underdog in the wit category, coming in for the win. And congrats to you for for making both winning labels. Oh, thank you. You're welcome very much. Thank Thank you to you. Yeah. I think witty witty gang bang is better. <laughs> I agree. You know, I that was the I have to say that was the only one I feared losing to was witty witty gang bang. Uh, witty witty gang bang. That was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe if Nate Wit had a better uh, name, no, no. <laughs> image. I don't. Oh. Nate Wit. Nate Wit. You know, could have been up there with witty witty gang bang. Well, I thought the crow was pretty fucking black metal, dude. I don't know. Yeah. It, you know? it is. It's a little more it. emo metal. That's, you know? Take that back, first of all. <laughs> right. The black crow will, will follow you around everywhere and eat your eyeballs when right. you succumb your to eyes the darkness. Out all right, we are back next uh, Sunday, believe it or not, after a month of uh, Monday shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. So we'll be back next week. Who's on the program uh, next week? Uh, I think we, it's not confirmed yet, but probably going to be uh, Nick from Block 15. Where's Block 15? They're up in Oregon. Oh, cool. Between Block 14 and I may and or may 16. not be in a coma next, next Sunday. Why? I'm going to a bachelorette party on Saturday. Got it. Why don't you just have a bachelorette party on and Sunday then I have to and get have it here? Well, I have to get up at 7. Ugh. And go to church. No. Oh, oh, Sing oh, my little heart out. Oh, Saturday sinner, Sunday can't, saint. I can't skip church. No, I'm I'm scheduled to sing. I experienced that the other day. By by the way, what, what? I went to Bevo's church. Oh yeah, and saw uh, her sing. And it was like angels this year. <laughs> it's like angels flying out of her vagina. <laughs> it was very interesting. Well, that too. It was very interesting to see these people that I know on the Brewing Network, like yeah. Terrence and Sam and Beeve, doing their thing in their environment. Kind of environment, yeah. God's house. It was just. It was. It. It was. It was very, very different. It was. It was kind of a cool thing. And does Bevo sing solo or like as part of a chorus? She sings as part of a chorus, but the Mexican girl was turned way down. You couldn't hear her. Yeah. The the white, milfy soccer mom who was like, you know, praising Jesus with her hand up all the time. You girl. couldn't really hear her either. You basically heard beef. I see. Yeah. So there's three that's of them. That's because I yeah. can carry a tune. So right. there's only three of you, and that's why you can't skip. Yeah. It sounds like your church needs more singers. Well, no, what it is is we have... Uh, the Mexican singers. girl was actually the lead vocal that week. I like and that you have her talking about them it, it, in my race now as well. <laughs> Whatever. Go on. Well, like, if color. I said Mandy, you're not going to know who I'm talking about. Sure. So the Mexican girl was the lead vocal, um, and... That'll sometimes change. There are some people who can be lead vocals and some who can't. I've been a lead vocal before. It just wasn't my week to be a lead vocal. And so, what's your favorite uh, Jesus, Jesus tune? You wouldn't know any of them. Why? 
Can you sing Can us you a little bit about what no, you have I'm to No, I'm not going to sing anything for you. Hosanna in the highest. You remember the words? Well, because, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird <laughs> thing. Man. Well, yeah, because I loved it. And that was I not the it. tune. <clears throat> well, also, I had my fucking eyes pried open while they were putting drops in it while I was watching the screen with the words on. <laughs> yeah, so like, like Clockwork Orange, it. right? Right. Right. No, but it was interesting. The other two ladies were, t- were, were t- tuned down. They were turned down. Yeah, because... So, were, regardless they, if she yeah. was lead or not, it was all it was. you. Do you guys do like, Woot. he's got the whole world <laughs> no, in his hands. He's got the whole world. This is borderline world. disrespectful, so no. Wait, like, is that not? not a Christian song? It is, but you're it's just a more of a fun Catholic, of me. It's more of a Catholic song. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, no, it was cool. It was it was interesting. Um, anyway, so I have to go to church <laughs> at 7 on Sunday and then okay. drag my happy butt here. Okay. And you Sam can- has a gig on Friday night that I'm, I guess, going to go to if, because I'm well, a good wife or some crap. You can book Susie, you know. I know. On Sunday if you want. I could do that, but I feel bad making her drive all the way out here. I don't think Susie minds, and I will mind if you come in here and you can't do your job to the half of your abilities. (laughs) To the the limit. I did an okay job today. Douche. I mean, now you don't even have to screen drunks at the end of the show. Uh, I didn't screen them before. You know what we need to be doing is getting the homeless people, paying them like five bucks to come in here and then screen the call. Get a new homeless person every week. We have to smell them. Oh, that's nasty. Doc, can you airtight that booth for us? Yes, I can. Then I'm down. Can you get get an ejection slide that just pushes them right out when we're all done? You know, pay them in methamphetamines. <laughs> you, know, you know what? The tra- a trap door straight down. Where, yeah. does it, where does it go? Right to the river. Right nope. to the river. <laughs> uh, I'm in. Yeah, let's do it. I'm good. All right, let's get out of here. We'll see you next week. I did a... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I ruined it. I did a Twitter game. Yeah, I was going to say. It's too late, though. It's too fucking late. late. <laughs> do you, I mean, did, we didn't announce it on the we show. We didn't did announce it on the show, but I just put it on Twitter because I thought we would get oh, to and, it. Oh, and people did it? Yeah. Okay. Twitter game is brought to you today by Austin <laughs> Homebrew. You can go to austinhomebrew.com. Longtime sponsor of ours over there in Texas. Uh, visit austinhomebrew.com right now. Check them out. They're good people. What was our Twitter game? XAS. Uh, the Twitter game was the Brewcaster Challenge today ends in a brawl between Tasty and Nate. Who wins and how? <laughs> okay, I like this one. Uh, and who, who are our finalists? What do we? Uh, have? Matt Shin uh, wrote: A gang of young women bursts in and beat Nate senseless for messing with quote Big Daddy. <laughs> wow! Right. All right. Daniel Johns writes: Tasty dies. That's it. Okay. Kyle writes: Tasty wins by penetration. <laughs> Damn. That's his fight technique? Ooh. All right. Uh, and then Andrew, Ig- Andrew Ignatz writes, Tasty wins by barely leaning on Nate, snapping several frail vegan bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to get the idiot a hummus sandwich today for, for the show meal. Yeah, I burned the fuck out of my leg last week. All you have to do is kick me in the leg a bunch of times. I'd probably just die right now. And then uh, Scott Pierre writes, Due to Tasty eating cookies and Nate not eating meat, they are feeling pacifistic and agree to a draw. It's probably they about right. It <laughs> it's pretty much up. At least that one's yeah. accurate. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, funny. So that's it. So I don't know whether to go for funny or accuracy. I like the uh, team of ladies coming in and killing Nathan. That's pretty awesome. Know. But for accuracy, I like that they have a pacifist draw. Uh, I I agree. I, I kind of like the, the juxtaposition of Tasty winning by penetration right. and then them winning by a draw. It's very <laughs> angry and then it's very like, I don't... You, then it's don't, like, well... I'm already in you. Yeah. We might as well just call this a draw. <laughs> Tap out. <laughs> we can stay here forever. Don't you fight wanna, it. Don't you, fight it. Do so you want a hybrid winner between the pacifist and the, well, and the penetrator? Those are, just, those are my two favorite, I Big think. Big spoon, little spoon. <laughs> New on A&E. The penetrator.
pacifist and the penetrator. Are you, are you singing that on Sunday? <laughs> yes. Uh, any other votes uh, for those those things? I think everyone's lost. Bone or chicken? So how about the chicks? Give it to the chicks coming uh, in and killing me. That's the biggest laugh. Yeah. Wait, why did the chicks come in and kill Nate? Because they're tasty minions. Me- yeah, because <laughs> Nate's and they don't mess with they, they big, mess daddy. big daddy. daddy. Wow. Tasty's ladies to the rescue. Tasty's harem. How did I miss that? The That's great. The there you go. The Winner. great part is a man wrote that. That's real cool. Yeah. Who is it? Matt Shin with two N's. Send JP an email. JP at thebrewingnetwork.com. He will send you a prize. You're our Twitter winner today. Is that it? I hope so. I think that's it. Wait, 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 wait. We have to yeah. stop the drunk of the week. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, this is great. <laughs> too fucking late. Oh. Oh, it's too fucking late. On that note, goodbye. Thank you to our show sponsor, More Beer. You can get absolutely everything you need to make great beer at home by going to morebeer.com. Learn to hate all things in 12 simple steps. Just follow Major Jip on Twitter. Scott is there as well if he's not counting his money by candlelight. Follow him at Moscow Paint. For some good beer insight and homebrew info, follow Nate Smith at Nathan Homebrew and Mike McDole at Tasty McD. Production director on the session has been Push Eject. Tonight's show has been produced by Scott Moskowitz. JP was the only handsome one in the room. Your call screener and hollaback girl has been Bevo. And your host, as always, is Mr. Justin Crossley. Be sure to find the Brewing Network on Facebook and Twitter. Sky and wind.